When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, everyone, to There Will Be Dungeons. Delvers Season 2 begins today. Oh, my gosh. If you can believe it. It's shocking, really, truly shocking that we've got this far. But we have. And uh, before we get too far, I just want to mention our friends over at uh, phoenixpearltea.com. Phoenixpearltea.com. You know, like Phoenix that rises from the ashes or Phoenix, Arizona, like near where John lives. That kind of Phoenix. Pearltea.com slash TWBD will get you a bunch of really great flavored teas. Teas for all parts of the day, for any mood, all available there with really great teas made after our campaign. So go check it out. That's at phoenixpearltea.com slash TWBD. All right. We don't have a last time. Instead, we have a this time. And we uh, throw it over to Kyle, who will take the reins and tell us what the hell we're doing in season two of The Delvers. Evelyn Grinkeeper. Co. Spiros and Crandall Splendorbelt are making their way down the streets of Atomer. It is a high noonday, the sun is shining, and all eyes of all the passerbys stare at our three heroes as, they're make, as they make their way down the street. Some look on in shock, others in curiosity, as they approach the Guild of Atomer, a large wood-red building with great vaulting ceilings and a great oak stone wreathed door. The Guild of Atomer houses all the heroes that participate in the area of Atomer, taking care of various jobs, defeating monsters, pest control, and sometimes saving the town itself, or maybe even the world. But today, our heroes are a little distracted. They seem to be in a daze. They push open the door together and enter into the dungeon Delver Guild of Atomer. And inside, a great <gasps> shock rises up as everyone looks on who just entered the door. It's the darkest Delvers. Behind the desk, Helnar Clearstone lets out audible, oh! and looking on, we see Ko with a great wreath about his neck, a snakeskin. His daggers with coiled serpents as the handles, and one in particular, a black blade that drips a little bit onto his leather pants. He's got a quiver of arrows behind him, but each arrow is a long, fossilized, hardened snake. Next to him stands Splendor Belt, as you know him, the half-orc cleric of Paylor. But today he holds in his hands a large staff that curves at the top and twists around into a snake's head. His scale mail is now real scales of a snake, all layered on top of each other, and they seem to molt a little bit, leaving a little trail behind him as he walks. He's got a 
flower lay around his neck, a garland of great jungle flowers, big flowers, that are leaving a little mist of uh, pollen everywhere he walks. And next to him, a dazed Evelyn Grinkeeper, whose hammer is thick with a dark green slime. Atop her head, she wears a garland as well, a circle of flowers, the same sort of jungle flowers on Splendor Belt. And around her neck is a thick golden necklace, a, a great choker about two inches wide with depictions of snakes coiling amongst each other. And on her hand, a ring with the symbol of a snake that seems to slither around her fingers, tightening and loosening. Helenar Clearstone jumps out from behind the desk, sort of making her way up on top of it, pushing her legs over. Not exactly a nimble jump, but climbs over the desk and makes her way towards... Delvers! Oh! Helenar Clearstone wears the uniform of the guild, a white-collared shirt, a black vest, black pants with a little bit of uh, stripes on them. She was behind the acquisitions desk this morning. Delvers, I thought... We thought you were dead. You've been gone for two weeks. With two weeks, your brain kind of breaks its days. And you look around the room. Co, you look down at your hands. You're holding a massive two-foot-long fang with a hole at the bottom that drips out a bit of green ooze as it goes. And you look at each other. And think back. Think back two weeks ago. When an old man entered the guild and dropped down a large amount of money. 1,000 gold each. You were eager to take the job to Snake Island. You followed him the next day up to the coast, where he provided you with a boat. And you sailed for Snake Island. As you approached the coast, a mist rolled in. You see a great coiling serpent, some 60 feet long, rise up out of the water. It hisses at you. And that's where your memory ends. <laughs> Otherwise, you find yourself in the guild wearing these strange attires. Alive, well. And seemingly here to turn in the quest. Oh my gosh. So we, we do, do we get the sense that we are, that we, that there's been a big gap of time that was lost? Do we? You have the feeling looking amongst each other at your various items that dawn your bodies, your flower lays of celebration, perhaps the great fang that may have been a part of that snake you saw rise up out of the water. It seems you've returned safely. Uh, the, the small gnomish man with the beard who's, whose great length got tangled in his bootstraps is not here. You, frankly, don't remember anything since you got on that boat. Wow. Um, I want to... Uh, um, I want to look at my staff and try to make some sense of it. Is there anything I could roll to like try to understand where that came from and why I have it? Because that seems odd. You could make an investigation on your staff there, or you could perhaps do a wisdom check to see 
if you can recall where it came from. Okay. Let's do... Let's do wisdom. Oh. There it is. Oh, it didn't work. Sorry. I'm trying to make that... Our little plan. Oh, you work. rolled it. You got a 20. Yeah, I know it showed up, but it didn't show up on the screen for everybody. All right, there you go. I got a not, a not nat 20, a dirty 20. Crandall Spunderbelt stares off into the distance. His eyes grow wide as memories of Snake Island flood back to him. Spunderbelt, you remember being in a room, a well-decorated silken bedroom. The wind is blowing in through the window, these great archways, these thin fabrics sort of wafting in the breeze. And you awaken suddenly, a snake in your bed, a viper, and you launch yourself from the cushions and from the comfort and run over and grab the staff standing on the side wall. You throw it on the ground in front of you and it transforms into a great boa constrictor and begins battling the viper and wins the fight. As the commotion of the two snakes, the staff snake and the viper, tangle each other and get involved in all the all the sheets and coils around, the door swings open, and standing there is Princess Hisia. Who says, Splinterbelt, my love, are you well? <laughs> and the memory ends. <laughs> wow. All right. Most revealing wisdom check I ever did. You seem to now recall in a horrifying moment of study that the staff is a staff of python and can be thrown upon the ground and used to summon a python to battle for you. Okay. Do I still have my maces with me and it's just it's that's like a little extra thing I got? Yep, looking about your inventory, you have everything you left with. Uh, nothing is of miss. The only major changes to at least your inventory is the staff of pythons you hold. And your scale mail, which seems to be made of actual scales now rather than metal plates. That thing's got an awesome hit bonus. Uh, my friends, I don't want to alarm you, but um, I seem to have forgotten how we got here. I only have the vaguest of re- recollection. Could, oh, could so not, I'm not the only one. Oh yeah, could not tell you what how all this happened. Uh, uh, though I can tell you this this staff, and I'll point out at my thumb, if I throw it on ground, it becomes snake. Pretty cool. Can we see? I don't know. We need to, uh, this place to do it. Seems like there's nothing to fight. I don't, I don't know. We could. I don't know. We, sh- right. we should Gr- probably... Grinkeeper, uh, do yeah. you remember anything? Uh, Grinkeeper will squint really hard and she'll try and remember something. All right. Make a... Wisdom or performance check. Let's do a performance with a 19, please. You're sitting in a chair at the top of a great step pyramid. 
a snake man, a, a, a large snake body, medium size with two arms and a snake head, comes out with a great choker necklace and clasps it around your neck. And as ceremony dictates, because you read the scrolls earlier that morning, you raise your hand to the sky, fingers separated, and a snake ring is placed upon your hand. You stand, you push back your great cape, sewn of flowers that very day, and walk to the edge of the step pyramid, where a horde of snake men hiss and holler and cheer at your appearance. The man who placed the choker upon you says, My queens, your speech to the peoples. And the memory fades. But you remember it being a pretty decent speech. I'm a queen of snakes. <laughs> okay. Does this mean the great quest that that was snake island we now know we that was all we get is vague memory and couple of flashback that this whole thing i mean the choker and and this ring and your staff and co what'd you get yeah co what did you get Cole reach down and pull out the daggers that have snake ornamentation on them you had two daggers before and your old daggers are gone you're not sure where they are but they have been replaced with these scaled green curved daggers, great crisp kind of blades that weave back and forth. And then your new third dagger for you, a dagger of venom, a plus one magic weapon that allows you to make a poison attack. This is a golden blade with a snake that sort of weaves between two of them back and forth down to the end. And a green crystal that lets you know if you've used the ability for the day. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Beyond that, you reach into your pockets. Oh, go ahead. And you pull out four vials of venom, which you have collected from something. It seems I also have uh, acquired some items there. Let me see if I can remember. All right, Co, you can make a wisdom check or a sleight of hand. Let's do a sleight of hand. Fifteen. Co, you are standing in a great temple. Before you in a long basin is a golden snake idol. You pull from your bag a clump of clay and begin to roll it out. And it extends into a long childhood snake. You lay it out in front of you, in front of the basin. And you begin to roll it back and forth, seeing if it's the right size, the right weight, perhaps. And as you push it in, you attempt to scoop up the golden snake idol laying in the basin. And it rolls right on out into your hands. With a 15, nothing seems to trigger. And as you relax for a moment... The snake idol in your hand, you turn around, and a zombie, an undead man, is there. And he grabs you on the shoulders and goes, oh, and opens his great mouth. And inside is a snake, which seems to be piloting him. And it attempts to bite you. But the memory ends there. It seems like we went through quite a lot. 
especially to not remember it. There's a zombie and a snake piloting the zombie. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Yeah. It's very weird that we don't remember this. It seems like the kind of thing we should remember. It seems to be. Yeah. Uh, it is frustrating to me to know that the ultimate quest, everybody looks at, fi- at fi- Fish I- Snake Island and says, Oh shit, snakes, let's go do it. Should be most memorable adventure of all time. Instead, we have nothing. Well, we have things, but we don't know how this all happened. It's sort of lame. Here's what we do. Clearly, it is a big deal that we are back and we've completed the quest. I say we play it off as if we just did the job. I like it. We have a fang. Yeah. Yes, we do. Okay. (laughs) So if that's the plan, then... Let me return to my desk, and we'll just pretend this is all very normal. <laughs> Helenar Clearstone walks back, uses the door this time, and gets back behind her acquisitions desk. Ah! Darkest Delvers, you have returned from a very normal mission. We all expected your return. Welcome back. Please approach for payment. Yes, we have completed Snake Island, Grinkeeper says as she looks around. It Riley was very cave. dangerous. Look at this fang. It is uh, quite large. Riley Mancave at the bar <laughs> spits out his beer. <laughs> they're back from Snake Island. Oh, they're back from Snake Island. Ah, and she puts her hand in her head. All the other, there's, there's wood leaguers, bronzers, the guild is pretty full this morning, or this early afternoon, and they all watch as you walk from the door where you've been having your conversation, and they watch the whole thing, up to the desk, where Co places the great fang upon the table as show of completion of Snake Island. Well, I see you've... Uh, Gotten quite a few things on your adventure there. It's all due for inspection, of course, so please, that into the bin. She grabs a wooden crate and loads it up on the table, and this is pretty customary. At the end of all your quests, you've turned in your items for inspection to make sure they're not cursed or sentient. She also, as you begin placing your various magic items into the bin, starts counting out the 3,000 gold, 1,000 each in piles that you are due from your quest. Does everyone comply? Yeah. Yeah. Probably takes Ko a minute to discover everything that's new on his person, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I would too, but I would, I would feel very wary. Don't like, don't like missing time. That's an, un, that's not, un, that's not a comfortable thing for him or anyone probably. Everyone roll investigation checks. Investigation. Three. <laughs> a 21. A 15. Nice. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, 15. All right. Grinkeeper, you watch the others easily 
take away their items. You know, the staff of pythons goes in there, the dagger of venom and all that sort of thing. And you watch on and go up to grab your choker, your great thick golden necklace. And it, it doesn't come off. And as you go to take off your ring, it actually tightens around your finger and kind of slithers around and coils itself a little deeper. Uh, this stuff isn't coming off. Cursed! We've got curses! <laughs> uh, wait by the side door and we'll, uh, we'll take care of that for you. Oh, okay. You go over to the side door that's often used by the employees, which is along the right side wall, right next to where the job board is kept in front of Cassius's desk. Coat, you reach in your pockets, looking around for various items, and you find a small piece of parchment. You unfold it. It's a letter. And it says in a bit disjointed, very jagged common, to my best friend. Splinterbelt, you see this, yeah. and you check your pockets as well, and you, you fold out a similar piece of paper. Okay. And it appears to just have a big green kiss on it. Like lipstick green kiss? Yeah, like somebody was wearing green lipstick and just kind of popped a kiss on there. Okay. We'll not know what to make of that, but sweet. Cassius exits through the side door. Welcome back, Delvers. It's good to see you. I'm glad you are well, and it seems that Snake Island has treated you all... Uh, lovely, lovely. And he looks at all the flowers you're all various wearing. Ah, Greenkeeper. Cursed are we. Well, to the back with me. The rest of you, you may get on with your day. Uh, I'll make sure Greenkeeper catches up with you later. Greenkeeper and Cassius exit to the back. It's uh, strange that I have a note addressed to my best friend and you have one with, what is that, a kiss? It looks like a, yeah, yes, green kiss. Like lipstick, but from not normal colors. It's green. Did you kiss anybody no, on no. Snake Island? No, well, I don't, I, I hope not. Does not seem like the kind of thing I would do. Uh, perhaps I can look at it more closely. Anything I can roll to maybe get a little insight on that thing? Hmm. Well, what would you roll? What would you roll if you were to, to try um, to well, what deduce I do, what this kiss is from? I would probably... Let's see. I don't know, it's the kind of thing where you have no clues, so I don't know what fits best here, because wisdom's not really it. Probably, um... Probably insight or investigation, just something to, like, try to jog some memory. Kind of like I did with the staff, but... This is going to be harder, I'm guessing. But yeah, probably insight. Okay. Let it roll. Alright. That'd be a 14. Thinking back, you remember you were making your way through a dense jungle and you found a small village in a clearing. All of their crops had withered. A great totem in the middle of town had a pedestal on top. 
and they all spoke to you in in hisses with their golden snake eyes about how their idol was stolen. Now you had to get it back for them. And should you return the idol, Princess Hisia would promise herself to you. But you don't remember anything else. Damn. All right, well, I will, I'll share that with Ko. I'll say, um, uh, I have v- v- small memory. This is from a queen whose name is very punny <laughs> for Snake Lady. Uh, she, I think, promised herself to me, and a token of this is kiss on paper. So, this is all I know. Does not sound like me. Not really in market for lady friend. On my piece of paper, is it just a torn piece of paper that says to my best friend, or is it like something that could be open and read? Just a torn piece of paper. It seems this is what remains of a greater letter. Uh, Can I also do an investigation, see if there's any way to discern anything else about it? Sure. It's a 22. You think back to the day on Snake Island when you had to travel a great distance into the mountains and you were gifted three riding snakes. Crandall Splendorbelt mounted his snake with ease. And in time, Grinkeeper also figured out how to ride the snake. But as usual, Ko struggled to ride the Great Serpent. The Stable Master found this quite hilarious and fashioned a unique saddle for Ko, who was able to ride the snake with ease for the rest of the adventure. Maybe that was your best friend. You're not sure. Hmm. I am still getting the whole thing in pieces. Um, Remember us riding on giant riding snakes. I remember stealing some sort of golden idol. Um, That's about it. Yes. But at least we're not cursed. That is a plus. My memories are vague at the best of times. But, uh, yes, we are not cursed. I wonder if this is poison. Princess Hisia's poisoned lips. You want to give a taste? I'll aim it at Ko. Eh, it is a letter for you. I think if anybody is going to kiss it, it should be you. Besides, I'm married. I can't go around kissing parchment. <laughs> uh, is a good point. I will not make an attempt to do anything with that lipstick yet. But if I have, you're sure. I have a feeling that maybe there's something in there, but I won't do anything with it. I'll tuck it back in my formidable pants. Helen R. Clearstone has sat here right in front of you for this entire conversation. (laughs) Ah. Oh, well, if you all require some uh, counseling at the Temple of Paylor, they do do such things. Is it common? for adventurers to come back and have no memory of what happened. It's a... Amnesia happens and can be magically induced. Perhaps uh, what you saw on Snake Island was too much for your low mid-level brains to handle. 
Uh, anyway, I have here additional uh, documents for you both. Uh, this is the full uh, for Yuko, as you have taken on the uh, uh, sort of procurement and research role for the group. Here is the incident report from your previous adventure there at the Noble Hollow. And uh, for you, Splendor Belt, the deed to the tower out of town. Uh, this is the old tower just north of here, along the edge of the river and Noble Hollow. Uh, we suggest that before you investigate that you do so with a full party, as it may be infested in its time away from people in operation. Uh, we also included in this a list of... Uh, Prices and procurements, if you wish to upgrade and repair the tower. And what this tower for? Just as building, or has special purpose? What what this tower for? Well, it was once a watchtower, but uh, I believe you requested uh, sufficient payment for your heroics, and this deed was gifted to you by the guild. Oh, I see. It's something potato-related. <laughs> okay. It's good. I, I will not attend to that full team, though. As you have suggested. Very good. Yeah. We will have these items for you tomorrow morning, if you wish. Feel free to take a look at the recently upgraded job board. We have done some work around the guild uh, to improve, seeing as we are indated with higher-level quests. Sounds good. And you said we've been gone for two weeks? Hi, two weeks. Well, I am going to need to check in at my home. Uh, Splendor Belt, it is always a pleasure. The pleasure is mine. Perhaps uh, we will find more in our dreams about this thing that we have done on Fish, uh, excuse me, on Snake Island. I do not know why I keep saying fish. Uh, and Ko is going to hurriedly make his way home. Sounds good. Grinkeeper, you're brought through the back, and there are, as you pass through this first room, you see like an old doctor's office, just files, folders, cabinets filled with paperwork all over the walls. Some of them are sorted. You pass by one that says, uh, First Son's Brotherhood. Perhaps the various documents from all the quests and research that's been done in the area. But you're brought back to a small, very simple office where a pile of paperwork stands on one half, a couple of papers currently in the other side box, a quill and some ink, and a small red crystal that kind of lights the whole room is on the table in this sort of bracket holding it off the desk. There's a chair behind the desk. There's a chair in front of the desk. Cassius motions for you to sit in the chair in front of the desk. Grinkeeper will take a seat. How long is this going to take? Not long at all. Not awesome. At all. If you would please, do you remember anything about these items? Uh, I was on top of a temple. They were put on me by a snake man, and then I gave a pretty good speech, though I can't remember it. 
I'm a queen, apparently. Congratulations. Thanks. It's my first time. Yes, of course. If you would please, close your eyes while I decurse the items. Okay. And she closes her eyes. I'm there watching this, right? Nope, this is all in the back room. In the back room, okay. You are currently standing at the desk where Ko has... Well, you two are actually going over your memories at the desk right now. This is happening at the same time. Gotcha. Grinkeeper, do you close your eyes or would you like to make a sleight of hand to try to... She'd close her eyes. She trusts everyone. Okay. You close your eyes and you hear a great... Mm, All done. And if you look down, the ring slides off your finger, the necklace declasps from the back and lands in your lap. Oh, so I don't have those things anymore? They're simply decursed. Oh, I can still use them. Yes, I will submit them to inspection, please. And he holds out his hands to take the items. Oh, sure. Here you go. It seems we have here a... Let's see. Necklace of adaptation and a ring of poison resist. Congratulations. Thanks. I will take these. Allow me to escort you back to the front. Yeah, let's go. I gotta get back. Splinterbelt Grinkeeper appears through the side door by the job board. You see Cassius make his way back behind his desk through over to behind the acquisitions desk and he drops the two bits of jewelry into the bin and Helenar turns with the crate and walks into the back. Yeah, you are curse free now. Yeah, yeah, uh, it was super easy, really fast too. Oh, this is good. Well, Ko has gone to say to do family business, and uh, I suppose we can. Even though I feel like I've missed a day in my life, or more than that, I feel like perhaps a potato and then bed. Sounds good. I need to get back to my place. All right, then I will, um, I guess I'm staying at the Paylor Temple still, right? Is that where I still go? That's where I've been staying. Yeah, I mean, that's where you were staying when you left for but a simple day's journey to Snake Island. I'll head back that way then. Excellent. Grinkeeper, you head towards the school. Yes. Co, you make your way down the streets. Are you rushing home, or do you do your normal change? Uh, definitely do the the change, but it's it's quick. It's it's kind of haphazard and throw everything in a bag and just go. Do you take the bag with you, or do you rehide the bag here at this hidden location? Uh, he'd probably take the bag with him. He's just in a hurry. Cool. So dump out your sort of uh, street or merchant clothes, get them all on, changed on, shove everything in there kind of haphazardly, throw it over your back and start heading home. You make your way up the street, winding past the market where you see sausage being made, slithering out of the sausage machine. Somebody on the dock on the river is tying ropes together, and they sort of shh, shh, 
as he moves these thick ropes about. You see a cart selling noodles, and he flips them into the air. And as the noodles jump up, you shake off a bit of memory from Snake Island. You see your home out ahead of you, and you make your way towards it. But as you do, you must roll a wisdom saving throw. This is a magical effect. A 18. You feel a little tired, but not overall come uh, overcome with sleep. But you hear a sort of from a nearby roof. You sort of shake off the exhaustion. Is that you, Ko? I've been waiting for you. And jumping down from the rooftop lands on his satyr legs. A man you know as Chuck Abnaz. Short name Nasty. Ko, it's been so long. We've been looking forward to your return. Your family, of course, has been in good hands since you disappeared so long ago. Uh, where do I know Chuck from? Your face sort of shows this confusion. Dear me, has it been that long? The Cloven Brotherhood. We want you back, Ko. The best forger we ever knew. I heard you're working for the guild now. Is this true? You've gone all straight on us. Does it pay so well? Hey, Chuck. Uh, hi. Um, man, it's been a while. I didn't think we were gonna interact ever again. Oh, don't, don't harm me this way, Ko. You know that once you're part of the Brotherhood, you can never truly leave. And of course, we heard word that your family was terribly worried about you, so I stepped in, took care of them. A, a, a mere fee is all I ask, of course, for our long time together. You'll find them in good health, of course. That's very kind of you. I'm not in any position to do anything. Let me get back to them. I, I, I will... I, he sort of it and clop 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 on his satyr legs and kind of runs back in front of you and gives you a little little press with just three fingers on the chest. Now, now, I wanted to discuss business. The satyr yeah. families are so hard to come by, and we do need you, Ko. Again, we be sure to pay well. I, you know, it's funny. I don't do that sort of work anymore. I uh, appreciate you guys remembering me, but um. Yeah, I'm not I'm not in that business. I see. Well, that shouldn't be a problem. I'll be sure to tell the others. Boys, let's go. Koza responsible family man now. And you see coming out of the shadows, hiding behind very bo- various boxes and crates in this alleyway, comes three other satyrs who walk off with nasty I'll be in touch, Co. Payment is due for my daycare services. We'll always be family. And he gives a little wave. 
as he walks around the corner. And now Ko is going to be racing home. You reach the door. Do you launch yourself in or do you slow yourself down a bit? Uh, launch. Launch in. Ko comes running through the door. Oh, you startled the nanny. Dad runs up to you and gives you a hug. Where have you been? Uh, the, the, uh, Chuck said you were on a business trip. Uh, yeah, that's that's right. Um, very sudden business trip. Are you okay? Is everything fine? We're fine. We're fine. It's good to see. And she hugs you. Hugs you hard around the legs. Turn the hug, but definitely like full alert looking around the house. And nothing seems to be out of place, though uh, you do see that your chair, your favorite chair, is a little lived in, a little scratched up even. Um, how's everything? How's mom? She's doing okay? Still the same? Same as always, doctors come by. Uh, we ran out of fun. Um, she looks at the nanny. We ran out of funds, but uh, your friend Chuck came by and paid the doctors. Oh, that, that was very careless of me. I should have uh, should have left more money. My my mistake. I didn't anticipate being away so long. So um, we'll. We'll see to it that that all gets sorted. And you make your way towards the back, towards your wife, who's still in bed and sleeping peacefully. Yeah, I think Ko is just gonna kind of now realize that he's carrying all his remaining adventure stuff with him, kind of tuck it away uh, in the bedroom somewhere, and then go out, relieve the nanny, and try and spend some time with his daughter, though very unsettled. Splinterbelt, you make your way to the Temple of Paylor, where you are always welcome. There's no schedule here. But as you enter, you are greeted with the the head of the Pelorian Temple. Okay. Brother Maynark, nervous as always in his long robes. Oh, Mr. Splendorbelt, you've been gone for some time. Yes, this is what I'm being told. Are you well? Uh, I think so. But some rest is required for me. Is the amulet I give you still in your care? Oh, shit. <laughs> Wait, is you, it? You, I don't know. You pat around your chest and, and oh, you find it underneath your oh, massive... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that thing. Yes, it's still here. It's all good. All in great condition. Same as you gave it. Oh, very good. The proud face amulet has served you well in your adventures. Here it is. We, uh, have... I, I, I apologize. We've been a, a little busy here fortifying the back room. Oh, we, yes, it, from, from uh, unexpected uh, 
opening to Tuttle and, and such things. Yes. Uh, yes. Guild representatives are here every night and every day guarding the entrance, and we have completed the boarding up of the hole that you created. Oh, this, this, this is good news to hear. I, I assume after your long adventure you will want rest, but uh, I'd be happy to update you when you are ready. Uh, uh, probably you could tell me, is it how, how much info is it do you have to share with me? Perhaps let, we could let, do let it now. Walk. Oh. Let us walk. Okay, so I'll, I'll walk with him. Uh, Spongebob, we, Mr. Spongebob, we find ourselves in desperate need of your services into the future, and your disappearance left us with uh, much fear. The opening of the dungeon under the Pelorian Temple has signified the, the end times to many of the Brotherhood here, and uh, many have departed for other Pelorian work. Oh. We are um, short-staffed and without a curse breaker at the moment um, or lesser restoration casters and we very much are happy to see you. Uh, Rianu Keeves has not awoken, uh, but we, we continue to nurture and uh, maintain his health. I'm sorry. Rianu Keeves is his name. Rianu Keeves, the, the man uh, who fell ill upon the sound from the altar that uh, day. I forgot his name. He's a good name. Okay. Well, so he just needs some healing, perhaps. Perhaps I can just do this. To help you. We're not sure. Uh, we have been unable to rouse him, and without any curse breakers available, we're unsure how to proceed. Well, I cannot give, I cannot lift any curse, but I can give him healing. If he is, uh, you know, he is sick or injured, I can do it. I can give him health. Perhaps I, yeah. if, if you have the spare abilities and spells, we should do this immediately. Yeah, okay. As long as I, you know, I can sleep when you are done with me tonight. That is good enough for me. So point... Uh, of po- course, point, your, point your quarters are, are, are left for you. We've uh, furbished them better in hopes you would return. Where have you been? Uh, I said Fish Island again. We, <laughs> uh, we, have, we have been to Snake Island on an important mission... Uh, with the, the 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 overseeing of Paylor was was a good successful mission, as best I can tell. You went to Snake Island. <laughs> a memory comes back to you. <laughs> You're standing in front of an altar. Snake men, the kind, different kinds of snake men. These are the, these are the kinds with legs, but just snake heads. All bow up and down at the altar, and passed to you by a great snake priest is a cup made of a human skull and green liquid swirls about the center. You were prepared for this, though, and you raise it to your lips. And the memory fades. Okay. I won't share any of that with with Billy Bob here. I'll keep that to myself. He takes you back along those sort of dormitory halls, back into the same room where you first met the sleeping elf, Rianu Keeves. Okay. Can I tell what's wrong with this person? 
You've inspected him before. This was the elf who tapped out that sort of lantern code, the Morris-like code with his fingers while you observed him last time. That's right. Is he still doing that? Looking at him, the fingers don't seem to be tapping anymore. Uh, His fingers have been crossed on his chest instead. And he seems to be sleeping peacefully. Okay, so he's currently not moving. Um, But breathing and seems alive. Okay, so he seems alive. We're getting breath. We're getting pulse. Um, not knowing quite what else to do, I'll, I'll cast cure wounds on him. Uh, at let's see what level do I have available? Actually, I have everything, but let's just try cure wounds at first level. Let's just see if anything happens. But here goes six. Where do you where do you heal him, or do you sort of like? defibrillate do you do the like Spock hand on the head sort of thing um no I think what I'll do is put um (laughs) uh I have I have an idea but I don't think that'll work all right here's what I'll do I'll um uh I'll, I'll pinch his nose closed and then uh slap him on the chest and that's it not a, not like a full like boo trying to start a heart, but just like a just a little <laughs> smack. Right. What's the nose pinching for? Just for fun, just for oh. flare. <laughs> just flare. Keep the magic in. Yeah, keep the magic in. Don't want to lose a drop. You wave your hands, and they sort of catch the sunlight coming through the window, and weave it back over your fingertips, and you pinch the nose and give that chest a little slap, and you sort of. <gasps> Yeah. And you see the magic sort of flow through his body, various uh, bed wounds from laying here for two weeks. So he sort of props up, heals up, inflates a little bit, but otherwise does not wake. Hmm. Okay. Is there anything I can do to just dig it deeper to see what's maybe going on here? Um, I can do. Okay. That's not going to work. Hold on. Can I command him to do something? No, that's just like grovel drop flea approach. Okay. We could also leave you in this room while you go over your spells and you can think about it. Yeah, I get, yeah. let me do that. I have a couple ideas, but I need to read some stuff. So let's let's do that and you can hop over to one of our compatriots for a minute. Sounds good. Grinkeeper, you make your way back through town. Heading for the Loran Finishing School up on the north side. Now, before you left, you do have a functional Grinkeeper dummy that was created using your marvelous pigments. Is that what you used to head out that day before Snake Island, or did you have a different plan in mind? No, that was still her plan. All right. (laughs) As you approach the school, you see that it is a bit busier than you left it. If it has been two weeks, then the start of the semester is only about a month away. And 
The grounds are being thoroughly cleaned and pruned by a great horde of workers. You see a carriage letting out several students who have arrived early out front. You're currently standing at the gate looking in. Grinkeeper will immediately turn around and head back to the guild so she can change into something less obviously fight-worthy. Do you have any commoner clothes on you? Just the stuff she wears under her chainmail. Okay, so maybe rent a room for the night, deposit your things there, and head out in just your underarmors? No, no, no. What she would do, she would... She would... Oh, yeah, yeah, So she'd go back to the guild, rent a room, change in the room, and this would be after she goes to a local store to buy some clothes. Just a modest dress. Okay. Well, you know of the various stores in the area, but you've never been to the fine clothes shop. That'd be Nymph's Threads. That's where she'll head first. She'll get the clothes first, then she'll go to the guild to change, and then she'll head back to school. All right, so in in full armor, you head towards Nymph's Threads. Yes. You push open the door, and it's this darkened sort of candlelit, almost like a, a cloth laboratory. You see great textiles folded up on these shelves on the walls. There's mannequins standing around, a little creepy in the low light, but they've got the, you know, the, the long sort of uh, measurement tapes around their necks, and there's lots of pins. You even see uh, the mannequin goes up, and the pins have been placed in the eyes for some bizarre reason. But as you enter, there's a little ding-ling-ling, a, a pleasant little ding on the door, and the candles sort of flare to life, and the whole room sort of pleasantly lights up, and A a tinkling, a sort of music fills the air, and a mist kind of rolls in from the back. Um, excuse me, I need a, um, a light gown. Afternoon gown. I will decide what you need. And floating out of the back comes a dryad. Just adorned with the most beautiful purple flowing bow-covered dress you've ever seen. Uh, they Their skin is wooden. They have this great huge pile of hair on top filled with flowers. And around each of their wrists is a corsage. Even around their ankles are corsages, completely barefoot otherwise. And they kind of float out to you you know, moving ever so gently on their tiptoes, like they're sneaking across the room in full view. What do we have here? Size? Small. Ah. Whips out the measuring tape from behind their back and starts going around. And what are you looking for today? And they kind of cinch it around your waist and pull it tight. Uh, Something casual but active. Casual but active. Ah, of course. Genius. And they begin their work. Grinkeeper, roll wait. Roll a wisdom check. Seven. As your... (laughs) <laughs> what? I was just going. Boom, da, 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 da. I thought there was going to be some drums. <laughs> You're damn right. 
as you're pulled back and forth by this measuring tape and it, it loops around your neck and it pulls across your chest and around your legs. You get pushed and, and prodded about by pins and needles. Your brain goes back to Snake Island where the three of you were walking down a path and jumping out in front of you came a toned, glistening, muscled man with two snakes for hands. And he demanded of you a warrior's death because only a paladin as strong as yourself could possibly deliver him to the snake god that he seeks. You don't really remember how it went, though. Grinkeeper will shed a silent tear, hoping he found his peace. It's time to select your color from the wall! And she waves her hand across the textiles, who all sort of... Off the wall in these great, you know, curtainy sheets and sort of roll towards you. What color for your active wear? Uh, a light green and a light pink. Green and. No. Oh! What a hideous combination! No! And sweeps an arm and the textiles jump back on the wall. Get out. <laughs> wow. Oh, I love this guy. Well, then why don't you just choose the colors? A better idea. And a green and a gold cascade off the wall. We'll keep your green fine. And begins sewing and needling, and the needle starts moving itself and slithering through the clothes, and they give it a great floral over to the mannequin, who kind of lifts up its arms and stiffly moves about its joints as they begin working on your active wear. And about 45 minutes, you exit Nymph's Threads in a nice green and gold sort of workout tracksuit, but with a bow on the back. Spongebelt, back at the Temple of Paylor, yeah. you have been standing over the body of Rianu Keeves. The live body. Yeah, as a as a kind of last second sort of effort thing to try, um, I'm going to cast because I know I'm going to get some rest, so it's not going to kill me to do this. But I'm going to cast Revivify. Now, normally this is for somebody who is dead uh, and needs to be just brought back to a single point of life, but I want to see if it has a, an effect on this person who I know is alive, but maybe will have a different reaction to this spell. Uh, so here comes. I guess I don't. Have, there's no saving anything on this. So here we go. No, cast one action, regain one hit point target that has died within the last minute. Yeah. So it's not again not very adherent to what the obvious circumstances here are. But since there's no obvious condition I can go off of here, I'm just going to try it. But this is a level three spell gifted to you by your god. So you dramatically place your hand out over his chest and move up your hand towards the face and as it goes a great golden sun mask ghostly appears in your hand and you place it upon his face yep where it glows and the sun beams around the side kind of coil around the back of the head and descend into the skin and his skull sorts of sort of lights up and he again <sighs> but you see a, a tiny hint of a smile on the side of his face but nothing more. 
a moment passes. And then, without opening his eyes, he takes another deep breath and whispers out, Kalisar! And that's it. Cal... What was it again? Say it one more time. Whatever you heard is what you heard. Cal- You're not sure. Kalisar? I will commit that to memory and think on it. Kalazar. Um, then I will go, okay, well, there is no helping this man for now. I must continue to study and f- figure shit out. I got. I must go. I need sleep, I will say. Hopefully so. What's his <laughs> name? Hears me, wherever he is. <laughs> you head out the door walking right past... Uh- Brother Maynard, who, oh, uh, yes, of course. Uh, thank you, Mr. Splendorbelt. Uh, you are you welcome. You make your way to your room. I will I will come back. No no new progress to report, even though I know I got a word out of him. I just don't want to keep... I'm going to keep that to myself for now. You make your way down the dormitory hall towards your room where you enter, and your basic sort of straw bed has been replaced with a uh, cloth and cotton bed. Uh, there are several nice sort of throw pillows about it, but otherwise it's still a very simple furnishing. Uh, you do see that the they've done a bit of repair work and your mouse's hole has been plugged. Oh. Plugged? Yeah, there's a hole in the wall that your little mouse friend came in and out of, and yeah. it seems they've sealed that up. Well, that implies the mouse might be in trouble in there. <laughs> Um. Oh, crap, did I give that mouse a name? I don't think so. I don't think I did. But I mean, you do have eating equipments or even anything else in your bag. You could start kind of digging out the, yeah. the plaster that they put in the hole. Yeah, I'd use, I, I'd get out a knife. Uh, I think I have a knife. Some kind of extra knife. Um, or something like it and, and start digging digging that out. See if I can see if he's in there or what the deal is. That's bad. There could be a dead mouse in there. <laughs> uh, make make a sleight of hand check. Okay. Oh, that's a rough one. A nine. It's not very clean, but you do manage with the back of one of your face maces to break out the plaster and then you sort of uh, if we were to look from what might be the mouse's point of view this hand kind of hurriedly sort of grabs all the bits of rock and debris and starts pulling it out there and as you unfill the hole you place your head against the ground and look in with one eye and you hear a little and your mouse friend runs right on out oh good uh you are okay I should give you a name uh, uh, pot- potato. No. <laughs> um, uh, 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 I don't know what to call you, but I'm so happy you have survived. I will sleep on a name. Well done, and I'll give him a little piece of something, a little something out of my rations or something. Awesome. This is bullshit that they've knocked. They locked you in there. Very upset. I will talk to them in the morning. Sadly, Orcish for Potato is Potato, so we won't uh, <laughs> won't be able to use that name today. But you have several other languages if you wanted to try those out. 
yeah. over the break, and okay. we'll be back very shortly. <laughs> Perfect time for a break. All right, we're gonna we're gonna be back in a second. You guys come back with us when we resume in about ten minutes, and enjoy a good pee or whatever it is you're gonna do. <laughs> we'll see you all moments from now. All right, we've returned. We're ready for more. So, uh, welcome to the back nine of There Will Be Dungeons. Back to Kyle. Kyle, take it away. Greenkeeper, you make your way up the streets. Your possessions safely guarded in your room, your in-room at the guild headquarters. And you've got a nice little sort of track workout outfit, all designed, well-fitted, as you make your way through the streets of Atomer up towards the Loran School, finishing school. As you approach, the gardeners and groundskeepers are still very much busy. The fountain, of which uh, I think the last time we passed it, we accidentally knocked a bunch of stuff into, is perfectly fine and repaired. And the carriage is dropping off what you can see at a distance in their various pinks and yellows and beautiful dresses, all the various students that are starting to move in to town for the semester. What do you do? Head straight to my dorm room. The uh, the usual crawl up the the vine tresses. No. Or do you go in the front door? The front door. All right. Uh, what's now? Now you got yourself kind of a a workout suit going on. So are you are pretending? If anyone asks, she went out for an extended stroll. Okay, so you know you you just got got on some sun clothes and you're 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 taking care of yourself, getting your humors in order. If one wants a healthy mind, one needs a healthy body. Of course, of course. Well, let's do a little deception as you enter through the door here. A four. <laughs> you trip over your feet as you go up the stairs. Uh, you look down and realize you didn't go to a cobbler. You went to a clothes designer, and your boots are very much the boots of a warrior. But never mind that. It might have been muddy outside for your little stroll and run, and you enter through the door, leaving a, a trail of dirt behind you. As you enter, the three girls who entered via the cart are all kind of giggling amongst themselves, talking to a short, long-haired individual who you immediately recognize as Lady Vestal. Are there any checks you'd like to make? Stealth. All right. Let's see what you get. Sixteen. Okay, she is embroiled in conversation. Seems like you're doing well. In fact, she's fully distracted, so you sneak on by. Kind of moving along the edge, walking with purpose, make your way up the stairs. Again, leaving those footprints on the nicely carpeted stairs, but making it up without issue. However, as you sneak up those stairs... A memory strikes you. The last time you snuck upstairs. When you escaped from Snake Prison. But man, you know, that was a long time ago. <laughs> Damn it. You make your way back to the dormitories, weaving through the hallways, past the classrooms. Towards 
your room, which you share with Margaret Dupayton. And as you enter, Margaret sits at her desk working. You can see that several candles have been lit along your bedside. There is some incense burning. She's currently turned away, you know, facing a small... What were the, the personal mirrors? I forget. They have an exact name. Vanity mirror. Yeah. Right? Facing a vanity mirror. There you go. Yeah. And she sees you enter over her shoulder. Gridkeeper, you're back. You're alive? I thought, where, where have you been? We head towards Ko for a moment. <laughs> Ko, evening has descended over the household. Is there anything you do with your evening, or do you merely rest up after a full two weeks away? Well, now a slightly more paranoid Ko uh, would probably be a bit vigilant. He'd, uh, you know, dismiss the nanny. He'd probably go from room to room, ensure everything's locked up, sealed up, and he likely would be up and awake for a while. You know, he would let the house settle, let the house go to sleep, and he would remain up and kind of on a vigil for a while until he just got too tired and would have to retire. So that would be the plan. As you walk about the house, you make your way through the kitchen, and there on the you know main countertop, is a box that you recognize. And walking over to it, you see that it is a fully stocked forgery kit. It even has your old pen inside, one you thought you had lost. He'd uh, scoop it up, keep it with him take it upstairs out of sight from everybody else Splendor Belt do you relax into your evening or is there anything else you'd want to do before the day is done no I'd still be ruminating on um, both well that word I was given and, and also why that dude won't revive no matter what we do to him but other than that I would try to settle in and get real rest and reset myself. Greenkeeper, you walked into your room, surprising Margaret Dupayton. I'm back. I thought we finished Snake Island. It was really cool. I thought that was a day's journey. I, you. Turns out it might have been two weeks, I think. Okay, uh, well, I have some things to tell you about. Um, you have suffered from scarlet fever and cholera, uh, whooping cough, and, uh, typhoid. Uh, also, uh, we, we, I think you may have had the rickets. I'm not sure. I've been trying to lie as, I've been trying to lie as much as I can for you, but that was two weeks. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm, ba- I'm back. I'm better. I promise. The, the dummy held up great. Uh, I I continued to work on it uh, using the pigments you left. Uh, I th- 
think, and she goes over and kind of pulls down the the sheets, and it's eerie. Now, you know that Margaret's a pretty good seamstress. You've seen some of her paintings and class and all that, you know, usually of like flowers or fruit or that sort of thing. It's you laying there. And she's even gone through and like rosed up your cheeks and you look like you're sweaty with a fever. And she even grabs a spray bottle nearby and kind of like on the forehead. It's like, I've been trying to keep you sick for two weeks. You you can't keep doing this. I know, I know. And I owe you big time. Thank you so much. How how are you better? Uh, we, uh, th- th- this came for you, and and she you know rummages about the side table and pulls out a letter. Uh, Grinkeeper will grab it, take it, and start to read it. You see that it is addressed immediately from Lord and Lady Blackwater. Uh oh. Okay. And Grinkeeper will sit down and start you, reading it. You peel you peel off the wax seal of your family and unfold the letter, which is beautiful handwriting. Just beautiful handwriting. You can practically hear your, your father saying, Indeed, in the background. It says, and you know your mother's handwriting. To our dearest Evelyn... Your father and I hope you're recovering well. We trust your summer of independent study has borne fruit. However, we hear the most distressing news about your health recently. You have always been a frere child. We are sending the estate to we are sending the estate physician <laughs> down for examination. They should arrive soon after this letter does. Your father says you've been neglecting your letter writing. But I know you and the girls must be very, very busy with the upcoming bronze ball planning. Be sure to give our regards to Helen Barry when she arrives. Such a sweet girl and the Barry family has done so much for the Blackwaters over the years. All our love. Lord and Lady Blackwater. How recently was this letter sent, Margaret? Uh, two days ago. Uh, we had to file a, a, an official documentation about your various illnesses. Um, I, you're the, the. We, I don't know what to do. Uh, I tried to tell them that like your family is against the holy healing or something. I, I couldn't stop them. So I had to keep updating your dummy with different illnesses. Um, perhaps a, a trip next time? If Yeah, that sounds good. I didn't mean for it to go two weeks. Uh, the letter says the family physician's going to be here soon. Uh, yeah, it, it arrived about three days ago, so probably tomorrow. Okay. All right. Uh, do we have the records of what I've been sick with? Yes, uh, I have all the paperwork here that we've submitted and the uh, the various extracurriculars you've missed. Um, and then uh, let's get let's get you in that bed in case Vesto comes by. Okay. All right. Let me get to thinking. 
and you push aside the dummy and store it under the bed and climb up in bed yourself and take your position for the evening. Does anyone else want to do anything before we end this day? Nay. Oh. You all dream, and in your dreams you remember making your way to Snake Island. I'm going to ask for a number of rolls from everybody, divided amongst yourselves as you see fit. But you piloted a boat to Snake Island, and so we will need somebody making a nature check, somebody making an athletics check, and somebody making an intelligence check. Mm. Who wants to do what? Intelligence is my best of those three. I call athletics. All right. Or not intelligence. I will do the nature because that's the default, and I get a plus one. Sounds good. Let's see those rolls. We got a 19 for athletics for rowing. 15 for intelligence. Not great. Plotting the course. And a 12 for nature. For deducing the waves and managing the boat. You sailed on your small dinghy through the waters, through the lakes, and arrived at Snake Island. Elamir Lake treated you well that day, but the great serpents, slithering in giant form, knocked your boat asunder, and you washed up on the beaches. Well, now you know how you got to Snake Island. Now you lost the boat, but you're unsure of the rest. The next day arrives, and you all find yourselves once again making your way back to the guild, fully rested in your own beds, and prepared for the day's activities. Uh, your items will, of course, be ready for you on arrival. The three of you walk in the door of the guild, and as per usual, Ko has arrived nice and early and has already acquired your items. He has the bin set out in front of him on the table. Splendor Belt arrives right on time, as he always does, and Grinkeeper runs a little late. But altogether, you find yourself at a table in the guild with the crate of all your various Snake Island items in front of you. Uh, Ko, you have in your hands the report, the incident report from the Noble Hollow, which you can find in the Discord there. Crandall, you have the deed, a rolled scroll to a tower located along the edge of the Noble Hollow along the river outside of Atomer as well as a price list for all the various upgrades and maintenance things you might be able to do with your farm. Okay. Today is the day that you're going to head out there and inspect the farm and perhaps get it ready for being lived at, at least by a Splendor Belt. Uh, But you do notice the job board, and you can select your job for tomorrow while you're here. And I'll go ahead and drop that in the Discord as well. You will see that as you approach the job board, it's been upgraded with a map. No longer just a list of random jobs. These are pinned around the map, around the surrounding areas of Atomer, including Lake Absul, Lake Zahren, and Elmir Lake, which is where you found Snake Island, north of Skull Keep, the Withers Estate. The forests of Atomer are there, is there, the Atomer farmlands, the Abzul swamplands that run along the side of the lake, as well as the Chath Peak Mountains, where that report of a red dragon was seen. 
you can see in the pins posted into the map that they are of different textures and materials. There are wood pins, which would suggest a wood leaguer level quest, as well as bronze and silver pins, noting the various quest types that are listed here. Well, uh, does uh, any of these uh, stand out to anybody? Are we allowed to not take some, but, uh, but the pins are different? Well, I mean, we want to be paid as much as possible, so I would say we should probably stick with bronze. I don't think they will let us take a silver even if we want it. Uh, yeah, I tend to agree. Nobody wants rat race. That sounds like shit. How about we do a... Uh... I think white wedding sounds funny. It's an interesting pun. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. It's got a, a... A real ominous spelling to the first word. Yes. I like white wedding. Let's do that one, then. <laughs> we have approval. All right. You pull the piece of paper from the board... Marked as a silver slayer quest with a pay of 530 gold pieces and make your way up to Cassius's desk where he awaits. Good morning, Darkest Delvers. And what uh, fine and scrumptious quest are you having at today? Uh, well, we think it would be a great day for a white wedding. <laughs> ah, the Hooper wedding tomorrow. Excellent. I'll go ahead and pen you in. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Uh, a cursed family, I'm afraid. Uh, it seems that uh, they believe that their estranged grandfather will haunt their upcoming nuptials. Well, yeah, it's kind of strange. We, yeah, not if we have any say in it. Yes, of course. And, uh, well... I know you all have put in your work in the background here, but the the Hooper wedding is going to be a rather rich affair, and guild representatives moving about might alarm the rather, um, let's say, stuffy attendees. We would like you to maintain a view of the outskirts as much as possible and avoid the wedding proper. If of course, Grandfather Hooper should arrive and attempt to haunt the wedding. You are to exercise him without disturbing the guests if possible. As long as the wedding goes unhindered, you should be good to get out of there by about midnight. Though, um, the Hoopers are celebrated uh, wine folk. So should the events take place a little closer to the wedding as the evening goes on, well... Don't worry about it too much. They'll likely be quite sauced by then. Is same money if no haunting happens, or if haunting happens, is same money? Either way, we get paid same? Weddings are a good opportunity for tips. Uh, if you can exercise the ghost of Grandpa Hooper well and, and quickly, there may be some additional funds in it for you, Mr. Spenderbell. Okay. Very good. 
Very good. Well, that'll be tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow evening, of course. So rest up and be sure to be ready to stay up late for that one. Uh, and bring your best clothes in case you are spotted on the perimeter. But of course, have your various uh, adventuring gears ready. And he fills out the form, puts a signature on it. Cassius made tomorrow. Signs it and puts it under his desk. You're all set for tomorrow evening. Uh, what are you all going to get up to today? I'll need to head out for a little. I have an important meeting. I see. I see. Well, good luck in your individual adventures. And welcome back to you. Glad you're all well. And he turns and motions the next group of adventurers over who's taking a job off the board. They seem to be grabbing the rat race. He goes, good. Cranium rats. Excellent. As they approach the desk. You all step away from the desk, and uh, Grinkeeper has mentioned that they might have to go somewhere, but Splendorbelt, you were going to pose everybody head out to the tower today. Yeah. Um, I'll explain what that is and see what interest there is. And if nobody wants to go, then I'll... Uh, I don't know what I'll do. Um... Sure, I guess I could check out the tower if you want to. Uh, if you want some company, I'd be happy to go with you. Yeah, and as soon as my business is done, I'll absolutely be there. I wouldn't have any issue with getting out of town for a little bit. Likewise, uh, just should it come up, if you run across any other satyrs, uh, not me, maybe steer clear of them or keep our interactions private. Oh, I, sure. I get feeling you, you are not sharing entire story here. What is with other goat men? Um, well, before I was an adventurer like anybody else, I have a past and uh, I used to know some people that were maybe not the nicest group of people. I thought they were out of my life, but it seems that is not the case. Oh. Okay, yes, it's good to keep an eye out for these. Did you want us to fight them? No, there is no need for that. They, um, you know, they have a fluidity to how they view the legal system and uh, doesn't make them necessarily bad people. Just lawfully different. And uh, they don't deserve punishment. But be wary. I don't know what they want. Okay. We'll watch for this and do as you say. Speaking of, is this voice... Do you think I should keep this voice? Does it sound heroic? Uh, I'm worried that I come across as somebody doing a bad Splendor Belt impression. (laughs) (laughs) Why do you say this? This is not your real voice. Yeah, oh. No, this is a voice I put on for adventuring. Oh, you know, that's a great idea. I don't do this. Uh, look, I am not supposed to be doing this. I I thought we were all going to get individual hero names. I didn't know that was something that came later. So when I signed up with the guild, I used my real name, which is a bit of a problem because mm. I don't want people to know I'm here. And now we've got a bit of a reputation, which is a bigger problem. Yeah. So I thought, well, I will disguise my voice, but it's not like there are a ton of satyrs running around these parts, so 
been trying to keep a low profile. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. My To me, it always seemed more heroic, you know? I used to read the stories about the Crimson Tear, and, you know, I would read them to my daughter and say, you know, I would read to her, and if they spoke, I thought they needed a heroic voice. It just seemed like it was appropriate. Yeah. Well, it does not bother me for you to change or to stay same. It's fine. Try some out. We'll yeah. see what uh, see what yeah. works best. You do. Whatever's okay. cool. Whatever feels cool. Right. Do what feels good to you. Okay. Uh, Grinkeeper, are you going to be going to the tower with us? Uh, Later. I will rejoin you both. Yeah, it's a good idea. Like you, I have a mess I have to clean up. By the way, would anybody know an excuse as to how one quickly got over scarlet fever, rickets, whooping cough? Uh, and there were a few other in there. Greenkeeper starts to think really hard. Uh, he's not familiar to me, what you're saying. Why don't you just tell people that you were taken to the Temple of Paylord and healed miraculously by Crandall Splendor. But what if healing was denied? What if there was a chance to do that initially, but it was put off? Uh. Are they a religious people? No. Unless money's a religion. Divine intervention. That's always a good one, divine intervention. Superstitious people. Okay, okay. All right, I think I got something going then. Thank you both. (laughs) And I will see you shortly, hopefully. Okay. Greenkeeper heads out. Are you all going to wait at the guild or take care of personal business and then meet up later? Um, I, th- I don't think there's much I want to do. Uh, I do want to pick up a magical item. Okay. So I would stop by the magical item store uh, to procure a ring of feather falling. All right. Well, let's go ahead and proceed with that, then. You enter Arcane to go. You see some sparks flying in the back as a face-shielded Gruber Lifton is working on a magical something back there. And he quickly looks up through the small sort of square hole in his mask and pops it up on top of his head. My friends, returned from adventuring. Richer, I'm sure. Runs up to the desk. What can I get for you? Ah, uh, well, I've had a few adventures now where uh, I have fallen from a great height, and it is becoming a bit of a problem and a bit of an inside joke amongst my companions. I'm looking for something in the ways of a ring of feather falling, something to maybe circumvent some of the troubles I've had as of late. 
I have the very thing. And he moves over to his massive sliding shelves and starts moving them around. Where, 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 where is it? Where is it? Ah! And you see him pull out a full mummified hand with five rings upon it. And he goes, uh, one, one, one. Oh, and, and holding in one hand and kind of bracing like he's opening the j- a jar from the fridge. He's like, ah. The ring of feather falling. And walks up, pulls out a small cushion about three inches wide, and places it upon it. The ring of feather falling. <laughs> Allow me to demonstrate. And he grabs it like a coin and flips it, and it flies in the air, and then <laughs> kind of floats back down to the pillow. Oh, that's very. You know what? I didn't think the ring would do it on its own. That's that's actually very impressive. You would think so, but you'd be wrong. Each ring is imbued with the power that it possesses. And if a small ferret were to eat the ring, untold magic ailments would befall, said ferret. Is that a common occurrence? Ferrets eating your magical items? <laughs> yes. Ferrets hunger for sparkly things. And they are often tricksters who steal from my inventory. There's a ferret breeder nearby. I would have them removed if I could. I, you know, we all have a struggle. We all, um, we all have our problems. I, I could have ferrets. I would. Yes, I would take the ring. <laughs> Two thousand gold pieces for this fine ring of feather falling for you today. Right. Happily pay 2,000 gold. Take my ring. That's a lot. That, I mean, that's a, that's a spell. Like, Feather Falling is something you'd have to cast on yourself, lose a slot for the day. Like, you are now, while falling, wearing this ring, you descend 60 feet per round and take no damage from falling. Yeah. Think about All that. The time. Think of that. All the time. Yep. In fact, Splendor Belt, you even remember that time Co <laughs> rolled down a hill on Snake Island, unable to stop himself before slamming into a great rock at the bottom where he split the stone, which released some amount of snakes you don't really remember. <laughs> enough to be enough to so be concerning, snakes. is my guess. Okay. Is there anything you want to do, Splendor Belt? No, I think I'm. I think I'm set. I've got my new staff with me, right? Yep, yep. You've all been gifted back your various items now, cleansed or at least approved by the guild. So you have your staff of Python. Okay, I feel pretty good about having just that. We're gonna need a snake at some all point. Right. <laughs> yeah, you might need. You never know when you'll need a snake. Yep. Yeah. That's what I always say. All right. Grinkeeper, where are you off to? Back to school to meet the physician. All right. Did you what did did you wear your armor out today, or is the armor still at the inn? Uh, she would have thought about bringing it. She wouldn't have had it with her, right? Because it would be at the inn, so she'd pay for another night to keep it there. Okay, cool. So. You arrive in your tracksuit of which you had created for your your fabulous school-approved run (laughs) and left the armor upstairs where you will change into it afterwards. You head back to school, and just as you arrive, you see a carriage 
What does your family crest look like? Uh, it would be gold over black wood and have an very ornate designs within a shield. You know how the shields with the three points at the top, the one in the middle longer than the other two? Okay, okay shield? Yeah. Yeah. Lots of lots of sort of vines and frills and, and with a fancy bee in the middle. Okay, perfect. That's the very symbol you see on the cart sitting outside the school. And descending the stairs with cane and large physician's bag at his side, climbs down an old man. You know this as Dr. Rippart. And he adjusts his spectacles as he looks at the school. Well, I'm here for Evelyn, who is very ill, and begins walking into the school. You see this happen in front of you as you have been walking towards the school. What do you do? Evelyn will stop and she'll kind of look around. How busy is it? Still busy. The grounds are still getting put together. You see some tents being erected in the back. Uh, where you know from the previous year, you sign up for your various classes. Where's her window? Her window is around the left side. She's gonna uh, dash, not run, but quickly walk around to that side. (laughs) Trying to look... uh, Casual, but fast. Okay, well, let's do a deception check then, as well as the athletics to climb the tresses. Okay, it's a 21 deception. All right, nice. And a 27 athletics. Okay, you do a bit of a Rooney run past the windows <laughs> where every time you pass the window, you kind of stop and just sort of, mm, they're doing a little jog day and then run and then get to the next window. Do all, all is fine. And you absolutely just, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, arms only, just climb up that that great into your window. Margaret is there looking like she's pretend been crying over your sleeping dummy body. And she's like, what what do we do? Let's get rid of the dummy. Let's put it away. Dr. Rippert's here. He's probably going to be five to 10 minutes till he gets here. Okay. Okay. And she, so she rips the the bed gown off the dummy and, you know, you pull it over the head and then we, and then she gets you out of your tracksuit and you pull on the, pull on the nightgown and she gets you in and you shove it under the bed just as the door creaks open. Dr. Rippard is there. Evelyn, are you well? I'm feeling great, doctor. I... See, and he adjusts his spectacles. <laughs> oh, and enters and puts his bag on the foot of the bed, you know, kind of right on top of your feet and opens it up. Now, I have reports here of scarlet fever, whooping cough, and many other ailments submitted by your roommate here, Mrs. Um, uh, Dupayton. Uh, Mrs. Dupayton. Uh, we shall first. And he pulls out a long needle. Uh, work on your typhoid. Uh, I'm feeling fine right now. 
they were just minor versions of the sicknesses. I just wanted to make sure they didn't get worse. Minor typhoid? It was a little, <laughs> just a little fever. <laughs> a little fever. Please lay back. And he rolls up his, his long shirt and places his wrist upon your head. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And pulls out his stethoscope and... Mm, and then a deep breath. Um, deep breath. All right, sit up. A deep breath. <laughs> I see, I see. No liquid in the lungs. This is this is all good. It, it, tell me, frail girl. Oh, uh, oh, and he he sort of pushed you back towards the bed, and as he did, your rippling massive shoulder muscle that hauls a warhammer and chainmail and your whole pack every day sort of tensed under his hand. Oh, your family believes you to be quite sick and. You know, I was, but then there was a happening at the Temple of Paylor, and wouldn't you know it, I started getting better from the minor versions of my sicknesses. You walked all the way to the Temple of Paylor in your condition. No, you know, you can hear it across town. I didn't have to do anything. Paylor is very mysterious from what I've seen. This sun god. Very mysterious. Rises I every don't day understand him. Yeah. Is mysterious. Yeah, he's pretty mysterious. What does he do at night? No one knows. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Very well. Excellent point. Well, to me, you don't seem to have any ailments that I can... Uh, fine with basic examination, which is why I must use my curse goggles here to look a little deeper. And you'll excuse me. And he takes out this large pair of spectacles and begins adjusting them. And they extend about three inches off the front of his face. Curse goggles. There's a little tube. Yeah. He kind of puts into his mouth and starts blowing into it. That gets all these wheels spinning. In it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, look me in the eye. And he grabs the side of your face. The, the eyes. In the eyes. Evelyn. She's looking straight in the eyes. Last eye. Uh, Evelyn, have you had a encounter with last eye? With who? <laughs> uh, the goddess of pleasure, love, and passion. Ooh. Uh, no. <laughs> well, according to my spectacles here, you are blessed by one less die, and she has gifted you with great strength. This is most unusual for a woman of your standing. Right. Well, I will report this to your family. We'll be sure to um, follow up 
with you in the future. Yes, please do. Please let them know that I am okay. Excellent. Well, um... <laughs> you, you never perhaps pledged yourself and made an oath to the goddess of love and passion. When would I have done something like that? And Grinkeeper will kind of think back a few years and go a little quiet. And tell me, have you ever once experienced uh, special powers that you didn't recognize or perhaps uh, healed someone with a touch? Uh, you know, that's a strange question to ask a girl. Uh, um... My, and my, she my won't give a yes or no. Sincere apologies, miss. I have, I overstep uh, the family bounds. Of course, of course. Lest I would have no business with um, a young woman such as yourself. Well, uh, you are healthy and may continue school. I will report to your family. Yes, thank you, doctor. His notepad is left on your lap for a hot moment while he turns away and takes off his goggles and begins to pack up his bag. She'll read it. What she can. You read, it's, it's, it's in doctor's handwriting. It's, it's complete madness. You're not really sure all the bits, but there's definitely the bottom half of the paper there that reports that you have the mark of last die upon you. She'll take note of that. The thought enters your mind that a sleight of hand could remove the piece of paper from his notebook. Um, yeah, um, she's torn. She's very torn, but that would be lying. And she, she won't. She won't. If she has a mark, then so be it. You know, lots of people have marks. She has a birthmark on her upper arm. You know? All right. He reaches back for the notebook, folds it over closed, and puts it in his bag. It was lovely seeing you again, Evelyn. I'm glad you are well. You too, Doctor. Have a safe trip. I will. When he leaves. Margaret just kind of like a statue just turns to you in a smooth motion. You what? Uh, so I think I have an explanation as to why I can do this now. So two years ago, and then she start telling her story. Okay, which we may find out soon in the future, but we will skip ahead back to when Evelyn once again climbs out the window and runs back to the guild where Splinterbelt's been hanging out. Co, uh, did you, you went out and bought a ring and whatnot, so you all arrive in the early afternoon around two o'clock. Get your armors on, get your gear together, and head east out of town. Make your way over the bridge of which you have now crossed many times, heading back to the Fishman Village, heading out to the Noble Hollow, and basically taking the same path you did this time, not on horseback, 
start heading north following the river. And you walk, uh, this is about a, let's see, let's, let's look on my little map here. Uh, you've got about a 45 minute journey while you walk. So did you guys have that weird snake island dream last night? Because uh, I did. I, I've, I keep having these uh, throughout the day and for sleep. The visions never leave. Yeah, I had one about getting to Snake Island. Holy shit, your voice is, is so different. Is that your real voice? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is the real voice. I thought, well, I'm trying new ones. You sound like yeah. a friend I used to have named John long time ago. Well, it's my normal voice. It's a little, <laughs> I don't know. It's just when you're reading to your kid, it's a little nasally. It's I a little, it. it's not very heroic. <laughs> Hey, it's all about uh, uh, honesty at this point. It's good. There's nothing wrong with these. Reading. You all remember a time when you were gathered around a book trying to identify a certain type of snake. Was it an adder, an anaconda, an asp, a boa, a cobra, a constrictor, a mumba, a python, rattler, serpent, sidewinder, viper? The princess was poisoned. And only a correct identification could tell what sort of ailment that was, but you're not really sure. Did you, did you guys get that just now? Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think I did. Yeah, yes. It's weird that we all remembered it at the exact same time. Oh, you're, it's going to take me a minute with this voice. This new voice is going to throw I me. I mean, I'm going to try other ones. I just, you know, <laughs> I... It's okay. It seems weird now that I've told you the other one isn't real. It seems weird to do it around just you guys. Well, like I said, I'd rather know that this is this is real you. But yes, uh, simultaneous dreams are for the birds. I hate this. It's not my favorite you'll, thing. You'll continue your walk, and I am posting a link to the map. Oh, there. You will see yourself, Splendorbelt Co. and Grinkeeper there at the bottom of the map. And along the winding river that runs along the side of Atomer, making its way out to the great, great lake where you've had so many adventures, you see out ahead of you a dilapidated, overgrown bit of simple farmland. There are two plots about 50 square feet and... In them are little tiny, you know, rows and hills that have just been overgrown with weeds. In the far, the far plot, some, this would be, uh, let's, let's actually see how far this out is for you all. So this would be about 200 feet out. You see a scarecrow, uh, a very simple scarecrow. Uh, it, there's a wooden cross section and on top is a cow's skull. That kind of makes up the face of the scarecrow. Those two plots are out to the right, and dividing them and running to them is this very overgrown and weed-covered ditch irrigation system that would run from the river, supplying fresh water. There is a dilapidated, run-down, roofless building, a foundation, basically, with a door that still stands, but with no roof. The door's not really doing much of a job. 
and there are several windows that have been busted in. That's the building you see closest to you, about 75 feet away. And then beyond that is a 20-foot tall, previously probably a lot taller, stone tower with the entrance facing you. Uh, The stone is heavily warped by rain and time. Many of the stones and bits of towers, uh, the tower has kind of scattered around the foundation that's left. And beyond all this, this would be about 300 feet, so 100 feet beyond all that, you see the start of the Noble Hollow, where the ground turns to mud and where you walk that night with all the centipedes and bugs kind of rising up, that corrupt ground, but doesn't seem to be interacting and it's certainly not like actively spreading into the farmland here. And you have arrived at Splendorbelt's charge. Uh, the deed in hand, this was your gift for saving the town from the beast below. Wow, it's a piece of junk. And this river, um, Kyle, is like, what's the condition of the river? Is it gross? I mean, you the river's just... fine. Okay. It, was, it was fine the night you guys made it to the Noble Hollow. Uh, this river is the one that runs alongside Atmer, supplies the docks there, trade, uh, runs from the mountains down to the south, as well as connecting to other mountain chains that kind of make up this larger part of the river here. In fact, this would be the thinnest part of the river you've seen. So this tower... Well, let's make some history checks. Okay. And that's the one up here in the north looking thing right exactly okay sort of this the stone colored square gotcha. gotcha wisdom checks you say history checks history sorry um oh come on oh i got an 18 three <laughs> it looked like it's stuck on four but i got 18 i mean evelyn's not even from around here so what can we expect uh, plus, she's suffering from so many sicknesses. Yeah. <laughs> Splendor Bell, uh, you know that this is likely an old guard tower looking at it. And in fact, with the river reaching its thinnest at this point, also by nature, it's fastest there with no rapids, of course, but just a thinning of the river. This would be an excellent point to inspect, maybe uh, set up a checkpoint or even manage the trade or even a, a war that may have moved through this land long, long ago. But a stone tower isn't going to tell you much. The wood building out in front of you has become dilapidated over time, but this is certainly not as old as the tower itself. Uh, the wood building likely 60 years max old. Do we see what this is? Let me get the token. Uh laser um this thing here do we know what that is yep that would be that scarecrow that you saw out in front of you with the simple cross section and the cow's skull on top of it got it and are there any you may have said this was there is there growth here do we see like you know weeds and bizarre viney plants but nothing that immediately strikes you as um or not bizarre but foreign uh invasive to a farm. Okay. Nothing Not, that like looks evil or sentient or, you know, great flowers with eyeballs or anything like that. Just overgrown with weeds and unkempt, basically. Yep. Okay. Huh. I think uh, we should uh, check out 
small wooden house and then maybe look at tower after this after these make sure there's nothing living here no animals something weird do you think it'll grow potatoes oh i guarantee we are making potatoes here this is this is place and he will feel free to use he'll he'll feel very strongly about that by the way that this that is potatoes like, grow here. Well, that he that he's seeing the future of his potato dreams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's sure of it. All right. Well, feel free to use the token button to move yourselves about and advance into the farmland. Otherwise, you're walking past several trees, several bushes. Uh, the majority of the greater foliage trees and large bushes are still removed from the farmland area. <laughs> Spunderbelt takes the lead a little bit, getting excited about his his purchase, his deed, yeah. and makes his way up to that old building. I would uh, want to yeah. check windows, if any. It looks like there are. Um, and see if I can see anything inside. Looking in a broken window, you see that the floorboards are completely ruined, weathered, and rotten. Uh, many of them gone and exposing the dirt and now grass below. There is an old, old stove in the corner made of metal that is completely rusted and a winding bit of tubage that would have gone up to the ceiling as a chimney there. But otherwise, nothing of value immediately meets your eye. Ko is uh, following along with everybody, but in sort of a distant, kind of despondent way. Like, you get the impression that he's here mostly to not be somewhere else. He's not necessarily invested in what's going on. It's So it's just sort of that, like, yeah, I'm with other people at the moment. So I don't hear anything, or I don't see anything dangerous. Um, I would... Uh, I would try to just enter real quick and just make sure we're good. Enter real quick. <laughs> Do you like swat open the door and um, I would, I'd roll actually, in? Or? I would actually knock on it to start. Okay. Um, so I'd come around here, bonk, and I would I would just kind of rap on the door a little bit. All right, you walk around to the door which still stands and give it a little knock, and it un, unattached on the other side swings open slightly. Revealing the very room you saw there through the window. It's all well lit because there is no roof to this thing. Right. And any any kind of floor escape style like cellar door looking things or anything like that? You don't see any cellars. You okay. don't see anything of value. But, but maybe that rusted old bit of uh, stove in the corner. Okay. Uh, coast is clear in the house. No... Uh, no danger appears here, so we should go to tower. Because uh, this this will take some work, but uh, you do not need to uh, worry about these. So we'll just head north to the to the tower. As you start that walk, everybody, give me some perception checks. Perception. Uh, Ten. Blech. 16. I have a higher passive perception, don't I? I do. <laughs> I have a toy. Yes. <laughs> but you were actively looking around here, so. <laughs> right. A little memory of Snake Island sneaks in, but just you just annoys you me. It annoys me when I roll lower than that. It drives me crazy. 
With a 16, both Grinkeeper and Co. hear a rattling, a breathing, a <laughs> coming from the tower. You can't currently see the insides of it, these 20-foot-high walls, while very uh, disjointed and broken up top, do span the full round, except for the front door archway, which is visible, with no door in the hole, and then a back that has been knocked out, but is still part of this tower and covered on top. Splendorville, I think I might need to take the lead here before we get in that tower. Okay. Well, I'd, I'd hear nothing, but I'd t- uh, take your word for it, and I'll let her get in front and move us. Move us forward. Our gamekeeper, you're in the lead. Cool. She will cast... No, no, she will get to the door of the tower. She will respectfully push it open so that she doesn't damage the door. Because there's a door there, correct? No, no door. No door. All right. Well, she'll burst in then, and then she'll cast Detect Good and Evil. Is there right. an opening? So there's no door. Sense. There's no door, but I assume there's a there's some kind of opening, right? Like a right. There's an archway, and okay. you see the opening out in front of you, as well as you can see some light kind of pouring in through the back right. So there's two entrances to this 15 by 15 tower, which is of course. Some uh, 25 by 25 feet, but being a stone building, the stones take up a lot of that area. Okay. So Cope starts sneaking around towards that back entrance as well. Grinkeeper, you jump in the doorway. You immediately sense evil, and you are pinged by your senses. Uh, let's actually... Wait, wait, hang on, hang on. This is actually a little unique. Uh, let's see your feature and trait. This is Divine Sense... Celestial Fiend or Undead. Which is not the case... Wait, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Yes. Your senses ring out around the area, and you immediately pick up on the Scarecrow out on the field. She'll turn her head and stare at the Scarecrow. And she'll point at it and go, What the heck? And you know it's undead, but right in in the doorway, this heavily knobbed, bluish back is facing you in the tower. And it turns around, the figure making this rattling. And you see just a sodden, wet creature. Looks like an old lady. But imagine when your fingers are too wet and all wrinkly. That's the entirety of its skin Ew. across its body. And his lips are kind of curled up and around and all broken. And it looks back at you. And immediately, you need to make a wisdom saving throw. Pray for me. <laughs> Two. <laughs> Two. You are frightened. You are overcome with fear. This craggly, wrinkly old woman with a woman with long fingernails, this extended nose, these weird, bizarre, frightening old tits just scares the <laughs> hell out of you. And you are forced to run. You're full She's speed away. Gonna run toward the scarecrow and that 
case. She's like, I'm not gonna, I'm going to the scarecrow. Like a proper paladin, you realize the effects of a magical fear and you know that all you gotta do is just run away from the thing you're afraid of and you can run straight at the other thing you're not afraid of. So that's what you do. And you are currently charging out towards the undead pinged in your mind, Scarecrow. Co, Splendorbelt, you see this from the outside. Neither of you have looked directly into the tower as Grinkeeper goes running out of there. Now she's she's got some composure. She's not screaming. In fact, she's sort of over-concentrated, fully aware of what's happened to her in her paladin ways. She is now charging weapon out at the scarecrow in the field. Well, um, I would instinctually uh, cast something on her, not really knowing what's going on. Um, but I would cast. Uh, hold on one second. Let me find it. Um, I would ca- I would cast bless. On everybody. Oh, okay. I forgot to do What's that long do? Rest. Let me get my long rest. I totally spaced it. Okay. It's fixed. Um, <clears throat> it is. Here, I'll read it. You bless up to three creatures of your choice within range. Whenever a target uh, makes an attack roll or a saving throw before the spell ends, the target can roll a d4 in addition, or sorry, and add the number rolled to the attack roll or saving throw. Um, yeah. So right now. D4. Gets higher later. Awesome. So everybody is blessed in the area. Co, is there any action you'd like to take seeing all this? Uh, seeing her charge that, I would just assume that she must be, have identified that as the threat, so Co would probably make his way to get into a flanking position. So he would probably move up this way and get out his bow uh, to take a shot at the scarecrow, which seems to be the thing she's after. Yeah. Cool. Are you going to take that shot or are you just prepping to? No, let's take that shot. All right. Uh, it's a 16, but I can roll a d4 if that's not going to hit. That is a hit. Oh, good. Hang on to that then. Well, I guess you can use it the whole time for the full minute. Whenever you need it. Uh, right. That's going to be nine piercing damage. I'm assuming it's not sneak attack, so there's nothing flanking, and it probably knows I'm here. Cool. It's Your arrow hidden. arcs through the air and hits the skull and kind of dings off it, and it swings slightly as it does. A hand erupts from the ground, a great big skeletal hand, and grabs the wooden part that the skull is upon. And as it climbs up out of the earth, you see a large, in game terms, but let's go ahead and descriptive terms, massive skeletal minotaur that grabs the, the skull off the top of the scarecrow and plops it on his own head. Now, the rest of you hear a... <laughs> However, Splendor Belt, you speak minotaur. Yeah, I do. And you hear... <laughs> Not in my form. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And we enter initiative. <laughs> Great. It's his farm. The 
Minotaur stands its full height, wielding the large stick that made up the scarecrow body, and it charges. Now, let's see how far it charges here. As we were actually in motion there, we might not actually make it all the way. My speed is 40. Okay, cool. I can do it with a charge. So I'm going to make it to Grinkeeper. And with this charge, I attack. All right. A 10 versus your AC. That is a miss, miss, sir. Oh, Grinkeeper, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be a miss on everybody. We all celebrate. He charges right on by and slams into the tower. Grinkeeper, this is well below your base level of AC, your dex as well. So you just sort of like, mm, like sidestep him. And he, mm, wait. Mm, which of course, Splinterbell here says, form. <laughs> and he hits the tower and a couple blocks and rocks kind of tumble off the top. Ko, it's your turn. All right, Ko would uh, get ready to engage in melee combat with the Minotaur and would turn around to do so. Would I be then able to see the creature in the tower? Yes. As you turn around, your eyes catch the creature. This sodden old woman in the tower. And you must make a will save. Upon seeing her visage. Uh, is it a magical effect or is it just a. Uh, that's a good effect? question. Uh, it's not a magical attack that I'm rolling against you, but it is a saving throw. Okay. So what's, we'll what's your Saturnist say? Uh, it says magical effects. Spells and other magical effects is what it says. We can, my, we can see. Don't forget the D4 fir- if you need it. First oh, roll oh. is a 15. I don't know. Your if first roll, so we don't have to answer this today, but that's an interesting question. Let's figure that out later. But your 15 yeah. works. And as you have shrugged off the fearfulness of this creature, you are not affected by it for 24 hours. So you're good to go. You have fathomed its unfathomable horrors, and you are perfectly fine. And though he is not truly frightened... It is shocking and frightening in a way, and Ko is instead going to take up his bow and fire an arrow at the creature. Sounds good. We reel the bow around. Now, are you firing arrows or fossilized old snakes? Uh, was my quiver just full of fossilized old snakes? Yes. Then I'm firing fossilized old snakes. All right, you pull back into your quiver, you pull out an old stony snake, and load it up and fire. Uh, 16 to hit. You have hit. Okay. Um, she was looking at me, so again, I don't think it's sneak attack, so that's going to be six piercing damage from a fossilized snake. As it hits her, it's sort of <laughs> into dust and poison, and, and it, you see the veins of where it impacted immediately kind of coil about and leave this black mark on their chest. And she goes, Uh, Anything else you'd like to do? No, I'm assuming it's 
it still counts as the arrows in my inventory because I'm subtracting an arrow every time I fire it. So it would have exactly all all your previous okay. arrows are gone. They're all snake arrows now. Okay, good. They're all Perfect. snake arrows now. Uh, then over snake. <laughs> snake watch. <laughs> Co is going to move. Back who needs, a who needs bit. Jeff Kaplan now? We've got all the ideas we need. Got Snake Kaplan. Snake Kaplan. Co's gonna move to here. Kinda get behind cover and take up a position behind Greenkeeper. Alright. Splendor Belt. That's me. The creature, the hag, walks out the door and looks right at you. And as her lips kind of curl back, they sort of crack and a little bit of blood sort of leaks in between all the little uh, crevasses in her mouth. And she goes, Fear! Roll a wisdom saving throw. Jeez Louise. Okay. Wisdom it is. I like wisdom. Except I can't find it. There we go. Oh, geez. Natty one. Plus so three total, but a natural one. Now, you don't have to answer this question right now because it is a illusion, but you don't know it. Oh, wait, do I get... I don't get the bless. The bless doesn't work on me, does it? It's three targets of my choice. Well, I guess it does. you. Okay, well, I'm going to add four to that. It's still a natty one roll, but I'm going to... Does it matter? Is it going to make any difference? I I mean, it's still still going to fail, but... It's failing anyway. All right. It was slightly it was slightly more blessed than one. <laughs> okay. I don't know why I was thinking that, but Now you don't have to reveal this to the audience or us, because this is a very personal question, but from her word fear, it takes on image. It takes on substance. And pooling in front of her appears whatever Splendor Belt fears the most in the entire universe. That a rotten potato? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe we'll find out someday. But this phantasmal killer appears before you, Splunderbelt. Okay. And it's the you worst. Take, it's my worst possible fear. It's your worst possible fear. Made real. You don't know how it got here. You don't know why it's in this tower, but it exists and you are terrified. And it attacks you. Do you know what that would be? What it would be? What would scare me the most? Yeah, what would scare Splendor Belt the most? Um, his fear is a little bit existential. So you tell me, because he's not really afraid of any afraid of any things. His existential fear has always been that his ultimately all these years spent in devotion to Paylor will will one day be proven wrong in other words he asks himself sometimes well what if i'm not what if this is wrong what if this what if this is the wrong life for me what what if what if paylor isn't as benevolent as i think or isn't as great as i think or maybe doesn't exist at all what if these these powers that i'm imbued with come from something else and i'm you know he's kind of having that crisis of of faith that's his biggest fear so how that manifests i don't know yeah, eyes of blackness, an undead Splendor Bell appears before you. You feel like you're looking in a mirror. And you see yourself devoid of all the holy touch and light that you've experienced, all the blessings. They're all gone. And this wounds your soul. 
for 27 points of psychic damage. Damn. It is, but it it is real too. Everybody else sees like a a fart in the wind out in front. There's there's no substance to it. There's just a ethereal something has formed in front of the hag as she stands in the door. But Splendor Belt is terrified. It takes a lot of damage. Okay. I'm down to 11. (laughs) Good stuff. Grinkeeper, you're up. You're currently blocked from the hag's view. So the source of your fear is not affecting you at the moment. As long as it's out of sight, it's out of mind, as it were. Cool. Uh, So what she's going to do is she's going to, because she can't move closer to the Minotaur. So what she'll do... You can if you want. Because it's closer to the hag. She can't. But she's not in view. Does that matter, though? I think that's a different line. I mean, I'll take it if it's true, but I just want to make sure. Um, That's an interesting... Yeah, you cannot willingly move closer to the source of its fear. Okay. Yeah, I I dig it. Yeah. Agreed. You know it's there in the tower, so you don't move closer, even though it's not in line of sight, which means you're not currently suffering from that disadvantage. Cool. She's going to take out her javelin of lightning, and she's going to chuck it and see if she can't zap the minotaur, and then she'll, as her second attack, because she can now do two attacks per action for a regular javelin. Sweet. Dual-wielding javelins. Let's let them rip. All right. The the lightning javelin is a 24. That's a hit. That's a darn good hit. All right. So that's going to be 14 piercing damage and then 13 lightning damage, I think, if it doesn't roll a dex save. DC I got, 13. I got a two. With my back to you, haven't knocked my head into the tower. I'm not very dexterous at the moment. So I take the additional 13. Correct. And then here comes another javelin. All right. <laughs> back up, everybody. Yeah, 17. Sure. That's a hit. Nine damage. Very good. A massive, a massive round there for, uh, that'd be 36 damage total on your turn. Cool. Very nice. Okay, Splendor Belt, you are up. Okay. If it's the start of your turn, you must make a will save. Oh, yeah. Um... Wait a minute. A will save? I'm sorry. Uh, wisdom. Wisdom. Bad okay. habit. No, it's, it's fine. All right. That one feels better. A 17. And I can roll. If it doesn't do it, I can roll another D, one, 1d4 to get it. So the, the hag through the mist of your own undead body in front of you glares at you. But you shrug that off. You're more, much more afraid of the phantasmal beast in front of you of yourself. So you will make another save at the end of your turn here for that thing. Okay. But you are, for a day, just like Ko, immune to the fear directly from the hag. Okay, and the, 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 the fear thing that's been conjured in front of me is sort of ephemeral. Is it real? Is it, there's our substance to it? Like, 
to you it exists you don't know how it got here or why it spawned but you don't care it is it is real to you and is there like a sense of forced aggro here where if i'm going to attack anything it's going to be that you know what i mean like the reason i'm saying that is if i if i think it's real i guess you know what i'll just play it like i would if i think that's real i'll attack it okay you will have disadvantage of of the on attacking the source of your fear okay unless you can somehow break sight with it directly well, I won't waste I'll, it on a let spell. Me, let me go ahead and make a little... Uh, we'll do a little token there that is your fear. Okay. Um, oh, Grinkeeper, you need to make a save about your fear as well. Let's do that. Wisdom, correct? Yep. Eighteen. You shrug it off. You're oh, good. Well done. All right. Well, I'm gonna do. Uh, I'm gonna do a sacred flame attack on what I think is real. Okay. And uh, let's see. Um, give me a hit here. Sacred flame. There we go. Disadvantage. Dis- oh, that's right. What well, isn't that a deck save for the creature, or a sacred flame actual attack? Oh, you're right. right. It is a deck down. Because your god's doing the attack, so you don't actually have to. I don't have to do a hit. You're right. So 14 decks. Smart attack when you got disadvantage. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good point. Well done. And that attacks a creature, so you're attacking the thing that you don't know exists. So in your mind, it hits and does nothing. It absorbs the blow, and the holy energy just shrugs off it. And you you hear yourself, I was wrong. I was wrong! Oh, shit. With your eyes burning and darkness in your heart. Your greatest fear is unfazed. Okay. But I think it took a a hit, and and either, you know, either way, it felt like it physically took the hit. Yes. Okay. All right. Um, that would be... Well, if I'm so damn afraid of this thing, I would actually move a little, too. Any disadvantage to that? Nope. Okay. Then I'm going... Feel free to move. I'm going to move back just like over here. <laughs> this thing will freak me out. So I'm like, eh, I'll back up. All right. Make a will save. Or all right. <laughs> wisdom. Wisdom save. That's a 3.5 <laughs> thing. You'll excuse me. It's all good. Ooh, um, a seven, but let me add a uh, D4 to that. Another two. So nine. It's not going to do it, is it? Splinterbell takes 18 points of psychic damage from the source of his fear. <laughs> Splinterbell <and> is down. <laughs> slumps over and falls back into the little gully that works as the irrigation ditch. Yep. Oof. Now, as far as you all saw, he looked at the hag, there was a fart in the air, and Splinterbell freaked out to such a degree he is passed out. It's the Minotaur's turn. Of which uh, nobody knows what's saying anymore, so it's just... (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) It swings around at you, Grinkeeper, with the pole that was once a scarecrow. A 24. That's a hit. (laughs) 
you take 23 points of damage as it smacks you just down over the shoulder with this massive bit of wood. Did it approach her or does it have reach? It did walk up to her, yes. Okay. Ko, you're up. All right. Well, uh, Ko is worried about literally everybody at the moment. Um, but seeing Grinkeeper still being up, knowing she's a healer, uh, I feel like addressing her is the most immediate pressing concern. So Ko is going to move kind of alongside the Minotaur and is going to take a strike first with his uh, Psychic Blade. Uh, that's a 12. If that won't hit, I'll roll it's the a hit. four. Okay, perfect. This is a naked giant bone cow. So that is... So that's going to be a total with the sneak attack of 17 psychic damage to the Minotaur. All right. And then Ko will produce his uh, new dagger, his dagger of venom, and stab with that for a offhanded strike at the Minotaur with a 24 to hit. Hit. And an additional nine points of piercing damage from the dagger. You said stab. Did did you like in into the ribs of this beast, or how do you how do you cut out an undead cow man? Uh, jump up and try and stab it into the skull. You jump up on your spry legs and you stab it right into the eye of the skull here, and kind of give it a little quick, a little twist of the blade, and it sends the head off the body, and the body just collapses down into bones. The wood falls as well, and the skull lands about seven feet away from you. And as it floats through the air, (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, And then the last action with the Minotaur down, uh, Ko would just use the last bit of his movement uh, to probably get to about there. Actually, I think that was too far. There. And uh, be ready to, you know, intercept the hag or get to Splendor Belt or whatever he can do at this point. And that's it. That's the turn. All right. That wisp, that fart kind of floats through the air and lingers over Splendor Belt. The hag emerges around the corner. It immediately lock, locks eyes with Grinkeeper. And you see its eyes go completely black. And sort of a flare outlines around the edges. And you feel your heart jump a little bit. But you're fine. The hag, having locked eyes with you. Ah, ah, no and rings her hands about in front of her and you must make a wisdom saving throw 
15. Your eyes feel heavy for a moment. You feel a little woozy. You kind of rock back and forth, but no! Sleep will not overcome you, and you fight it off an eye bite spell and stay awake. Grinkeeper, it's your turn. There is no one near you. Splunderbelt is over in the ditch with the fart over him. <laughs> and Co is between you and Splunderbelt. Okay, I think I have what I'm going to do. Uh, seeing Splunderbelt go down, she's going to yell, Splunderbelt! And she's now that the Minotaur's down, she's going to give like a bro fist pump to Ko, and she's going to run over to Splunderbelt. She's going to slap him for 20 points of healing, lay on hands. 20 points of healing to Splunderbelt. I'll take it. Um... Come on, won't let me. Do I have to do something with with death saves before it'll let me do that? Anything? Uh, oh no, we here it is. never sorry. made it back to your turn, so you didn't have to do anything with that. You're right. Uh, sorry, what, how much total? Twenty biggins. Twenty. Well, that's good. Okay, I'm back to twenty. Whew. As you look up. You see a glimpse of your previous assailant, and it just sort of blows away. Your fear is now gone. The sun is shining again. You feel your inner radiance of Paylor. Uh, Greenkeeper, that was a physical slap, correct? So you are over by Splendor Belt. Perfect. That was your turn. Splendor Belt, you're up and in time for your turn. All right. Um... I'm none the wiser, though, right? I don't... I still see the shitty thing and think it's real? Or is it it's gone? It's gone. It blew away before your oh, eyes. Oh, right. Because... Okay. Whatever it is it no longer exists, and you see beyond it the hag, the sodden old woman who is attempting to lock eyes with Grinkeeper, who basically was like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> Ran right by her. <laughs> um, all right. Well, knowing that, that's awesome. Um... I am going to um let's see we tried this one yet. I don't know if I want to try that yet. All right, let's let's um let's throw out my spiritual weapon. It's a basically right. it's a mace that's got my face on it. Um I call it face mace and uh just like Ko's, I have now a sword or not Ko, but or I guess Ko has one too. Or not a sword, but a uh, a thing I can command. So now I'll do that, and then I think... Don't I get to... I did this last time. I get to move it, right? Yep, you get to command it to attack. All right. So my action was conjuring it, but it gets its own attack. Correct. And do I need to do... Does it? Do I have to wait for a turn for that, or I can do it now? Now, I believe you're good to rip it. Yeah, uh, it attacks see. right away. Okay. That's part of the spell. All right, sweet. Is that the yellow thing? As a bonus action on your turn, you can move the weapon of 20 feet and command it to attack. Okay, sweet. I will have it attack then. Uh, Grandma, ugly face right there that he's by. Perfect. Looks like you have a plus six on that attack. Yep. And so, clear this. All right, here we go. Uh, wait. Oh, that's damage. That's yeah. damage. That's, we might that's need wrong. That. Sorry. I apologize. Here we go. Okay, that's an 18 to hit. 
so as she says, no fear, a mace materializes behind her and just smacks her in the back of the head for eight points of damage. Yeah, that's what you want. And then here's your... No, did we already do damage we did? So yeah, eight. Yep. Ko, you are up. All right. Ko is uh, pretty happy to see that his friends are up. Things are looking up. He's going to run up, and he's going to try and stab this hag with a psychic blade. Stabbing the hag. With a 21 to hit. That is a hit. That's going to be 8 psychic damage. And then let's do a dagger offhand strike. I just realized I did wrong for the Minotaur. I don't know if the damage would have been enough different, but I did do it wrong. Uh, you had some so overkill then, there. It's okay. Okay, good. Uh, 27 to hit with Damn. a dagger um, for a total of four piercing damage with the dagger. Such a massive roll for such a little thing. All right, you run up and stab her twice. But now it is my turn. She sidesteps you a little bit. And you see in her hands, she kind of like she's making a cat's cradle or playing with silly putty between the fingers, kind of builds up a lightning bolt and casts it in a great straight line out in front of her. And it kind of crackles along her skin, leaving little burn marks around the edges of her wrists and fingertips. But it launches straight out. Everybody, being Ko and Splinterbelt in the straight line, make a dexterity saving throw. Dexterity. Jeez. Are we still in my minute for my other spell, or did that leave when I died? Was it concentration? It was con. I died then. Yeah, it didn't work. Concentration. Yeah, yeah, so you lost concentration. Oh, that's not too bad then. Fifteen. A twenty-two for my dodge. Okay, you both succeed in half damage on a successful dodge. (laughs) That'd be fifteen lightning damage for both of you. And that goes out a hundred feet. So the sky kind of darkens around it just because the sheer brightness, like you got flashbang, just in a big straight line, it plows right through the leftovers of the house behind you there, Splendor Belt, knocking a big old wall in the wooden hole and it kind of lights a flame on the foundation. All right. And she gives a little emperor cackle. going out. Uh, she is continuing this cast, and the lightning is coursing across Ko and Splendor Belt. Ko, who does a nice little, like, whoa, like a... Like a, a uh, it's not long. What's the stick jump, where you have the stick, and you go and boing over uh, the... Pole vault. Pole vault. Like a pole, like, whoa! Pole vault over the top of it. Splendor Belt kind of just ducks down into the ditch that he's been standing in, and lightning, you know, burns his hair and his scalp a little bit. Grinkeeper, upon this, you are 15 feet away from it. You see Ko 
and a flying mace surrounding the hag. All right, so Grinkeeper, seeing that this hag is magical and not muscle, puts her shield on her back, very Captain America style, and gets two hands on that warhammer, and then runs up and lands two blows, well, tries to land two blows on this hag. I like the confidence. Let's do it. We have been rolling well today. Right? A 22. It's all that <laughs> Snake Island training. Yeah. 22 is a hit. So that's 12 points of damage. Second attack? A nine. Is a miss. Uh, do you want to roll your d4? Don't you get a d4 on that? No, it's your last, your last concentration, so... Yeah. Oh, oh, that's right. Yeah. I could cast it again. So he was hasn't come around yet. Channeling it from his inner greatness there. Well, I'm going to roll a bunch of d4s right now because I accidentally hit a thing by mistake. So just get ready for an arbitrary roll of a bunch of d4s. <laughs> it's the only way to clear it sometimes. You just got to hit go and then I get you. Anything else you want to do, Grinkeeper? Any bonus actions or the like? Yes, she will, as a bonus action, cast Compelled Duel. Perfect. And that's a what for me, uh, Wisdom? Wisdom 13. Perfect. I have succeeded in fighting off your duel. But it is Splendorbelt's turn. They're in the ditch, sizzling a little on top. Okay. Oh, I think I forgot to add damage. We took 15 points of damage for that, right? Yes. Yep. Okay. I did. So you'd be back down to five. Yeah, down to five. <clears throat> Boy, she sucks. Is it worth the potatoes? Jeez. All right. Um, let's go ahead and do a... Uh, we're going to command that lady at level two... Uh, to grovel. Ooh. Uh, All right, what's my save? It's a wisdom 14 saving throw. I got a 18. Well, shit. Then it fizzles and pops and does nothing, so I will then ask my sword or my mate, my floating mace to do its job. Which we will now Love create it. that. Uh, hold on, where did it go? I lost it. There it is. All right, here we go. Oh, jeez, ten to hit. Is a miss. Blah! All right, he misses, and that's my pathetic turn. Spiderbelt yells, "Grovel!" and she goes, "No!" Go, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're up. All right, let's. Let's get this lady. Uh, Ko puts his hand out, gonna activate a psychic blade right into her. With a 16 to hit. Is a hit. Let's do it. He now has flank, so that's... uh, Six initial psychic damage, plus 13 sneak attack psychic damage. Oh, wow. So 19 points of damage? Yeah. Very cool. And then he's going to bring in the dagger of venom on the offhand with a 27 to hit. 
for a whopping two stabby stabby poison damage. Two stabby not stabby poison, poison damage. It's not, po- it's not poisoned at all. I don't know why I said poison. It's just two, two stabby damage. stabby dagger stabby damage. All right, she's still going, and it's my turn. She turns and runs. Just about on all fours, you know, big kind of shaggy from Scooby-Doo, like (laughs) kind of running towards the water. And you see as she starts to go, she puts her hands together in a triangle. She's going to do a big old jump dive into the river and try to get away. However, this is having her run out of range of Grinkeeper Co. And I'm not sure if the floating magical mace gets an attack, but let's say it happens now. Okay. All right, let's do it. Come on, Psychic Blade. No, that's bad. 11 to hit on the reaction. Is a miss. 14. Is a hit. Uh, I need to do one. Fourteen. Nine points. Of, pardon me. My mace got 14. Is that, that hits? Did you say 14? That's hits? a hit. Okay. Yep. All right, do your damage, uh, Kristen. Nine points of damage. All right, what'd you get on your mace? Um, I'm clicking it, and it isn't working. Hold on. There we go. Three points of damage. We make kind of a, a clap in midair. The warhammer hits in the back of the head. The magical mace hits in the front of the head. And the whole thing just kind of goes... <gasps> And launches the peanut butter and jelly sandwich, as it were, up into the air. The, with no sound left as there's no head left to make it, the body just kind of, and falls over. And out of it pours all these eels and fish and seawater just, because the whole body just deflates into the mud. I didn't know eels could pilot skin suits. The eels flop about. The fish flop about. Some of them try to start making it for the water. Some of them just kind of lose their effort and die there. Greenkeeper's going to start killing the eels as if they're tiny little evil beings that whack them all together. If, one, if even one lives. <laughs> the whack-a-mole with the war hammer starts as Greenkeeper executes every last eel and fish available. We leave combat. The hag, the sea hag, has been defeated. I have to say, Splendor Belt, your farm kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's not as good as I had hoped, but if she is done, we uh, this evil is now gone. I can, I can, you know, reclaim this land. Probably tear this tower down, this piece of shit. Not not fond of tower, but uh, land can be tilled and corrected and made good for potato. We got water; it's all it's all good. But uh, that was a hard lesson to uh, learn, <laughs> just for potato farm. I mean, it'd be nice if we got paid for it, but uh, hey. <laughs> At least you got your farm, right? I'll give you a lifetime. You two, two best friends. You receive p- 
potato anytime you need. Raw, cooked, fried. I can give you free potato for life. Thank you. It's a pretty good deal. You're truly a potato bro. (laughs) So what did you want to name this place? Uh, I haven't really given it much thought. Let's see. Uh, a spud bud. No, no, it's bad. Uh, <laughs> potato. Eyes for you? Um, um, no, it's also bad. I call it uh, potato. So we, it, it, well, it's like potato mixed with grow. So potato. Well, welcome Good to Potegro. Good house of name. <laughs> Says the skull laying on the floor. Uh, wait, some wait. 20 feet away from Slenderbelt. Wait, the skull is speaking. Say, uh, I understand is what he is saying. Say, what? Why? what is his current name? The skull gives a little hop, 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 hop to turn sideways to look at you. Minotaur Mesa. Oh, that's the bad. That we can't do. It's a strong name. No, it's, it's bad. Uh, you may as well call it pig's anus. Not doing it. Let's go with... Uh, a, a pig's anus is not a brave name for such a mighty farm. Are they just mooing at each other right now? Uh, yeah, yeah. They, I mean, it's, it's, lots of like, it's lots of snorts and moos. And, and, I mean, you see Splinterbill like really like he grabs his nose here and there like and just and kind of contorts himself. But he's he's speaking a language. Yeah, I'm fluent, man. Um, Yeah, we're not doing your dumb name, I would say. And I'll say, OK, I make we meet in middle. Uh, Potato Grove there. He's nice. A grove. A grove. grove is not a normal place for such a farm. I will whip around with one of my maces, both of them actually, raise them high and smash this frickin' skull. Shut that thing up. Aww. <laughs> you could have just had him to have conversations with him. Yeah, that was a great skull. feature. It's a lousy fe- I, What good is he going to do? He's just going to yell at me for what I named the place. He's not going to help me do anything. You could have named him Murray. He could have been a like watch out for you. <laughs> he doesn't want to well, work for me. We destroyed so him. Splendor Belt pulls out both of his face maces and like an anime character runs kind of maces to the side and wields them up. And as he passes Ko, kind of, you know, Ko with one hand up is making this whole argument. That's Splendor Belt. <laughs> Splendor Belt, you've reached the, the moose skull. Would you like to make your attack? Um... Well, I'll think for a second about this. I'll think about it. No, and I'll ra- stay true to yourself. Don't no, no, let no. Us here's here's, here's what I'm going to do. Stay true to what you want to do. Here's what I would do. I probably would do this. I would raise them up high and say... I'd basically say any last words. And let's, let's, it, let's see if it can make a case for why I shouldn't bring these down. And shatter it. I wish... Cursed, and now I'm free. Uh, to farm. <laughs> if I smash you to bits, what, where, what happens? Are you released from your curse? I'll be smashed, <laughs> but 
I likely haunt your farm. <laughs> Wait, okay. Hold on a second. You leave and if I kill, if I destroy Skull, you can haunt me here? Sure. Oh, that's bad. We're not doing this and I won't smash him. Um, I'll say I'll, I don't know what to do with you for now, but for now I put you in hole and I'll I'll bury him for a minute. For a bit. I'm in a hole. <laughs> <laughs> and you start digging a hole next to him. <laughs> I'm going to no, dig a no, hole. No, I'm going to put him in no, it. I'm going to kick I some dirt. No, listen. I, I come back. I come back for you. Don't stress. It's You don't need air. He's fine, I say, as I'm doing this to you guys. He's fine. He's okay. Don't Don't worry. We got this. <laughs> what are you guys talking about? He wants. He says, "If I kill the skull, I, it releases his spirit, and then he comes and he haunts the haunts this place. That sucks. We're not doing that." Well, what What does he want to do? He I, that <laughs> he do that. Standing over the pile of earth, you hear. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, hold on, and I'll scrape out a little dirt just to kind of get his thing, and I'll say. If I let you live, what will you do for me? The little cow skull teeth, you know, chatter and dirt moves between them. I could fear the birds. I could bar. I could the blackbird as they know it. The crop. Okay. I I take an advisement. Sit tight. And I bury him back up. All right, and he's buried. And then I'll I'll share with these guys that uh, you know he's gonna he's gonna scare birds and kind of be a I might be able to get him to be used used around here. I mean, isn't that preferable as opposed to just a weird patch of dirt that moves at people? Well, yes, that's what this is what I'm saying. I either smash him or we keep him around. There's no in between. These are two choices. Look, I I think maybe let him be a scarecrow. Well, this is kind of what he's, he is saying. He's saying he's, he seems happy. He keep bird he'll keep bird away and uh I can farm potato without without his uh interference. So yes, this this is this is something like with what we will do with him. But not today. We leave him here for now. No one is not bother anybody. It's, uh, it's just dirt. He can't breathe anyway. It's fine. And I'll just pat the dirt and act like it's no big deal. He gives a little moo as you pat it. You you look about the area and you look into the tower. Look about just before you're about to leave and finalize your search. And you see a about a foot wide cauldron just a small cooking cauldron it's got all kinds of you know rats and like a finger floating around in there the the hag's cauldron where she may have cast her spells put out curses and in general just eaten but looking at that cauldron you all remember a time on snake island where you were all tied up a great bonfire had been erected by the snakes normal sized snakes but their tails were wrapped around spears and, and, and forks and all sorts of eating instruments as you were paraded into town, tied up, and placed before a great fire. 
a snake priest, a normal-sized snake wearing a priest outfit, walks out. Any last words? But you don't remember your last words, and that's where we're in today. (laughs) (laughs) I sure get the feeling that these... uh... These these snakes are going to haunt us this entire season, which I'm really excited about. All right, well, there and you go. Everybody. Next time we are joined by our first guest. Oh yeah, do we want to tease it? Dungeons Delvers. Who are we getting? Yes. Should we say? Yes, we should. Because I'm right. excited about it. All right. Who are we getting? Bo Schwartz will be joining us. Yeah, Bo Schwartz. Wedding baby. episode. Woo! Uh, yeah, watch for that. I know Bo that Schwartz. Guy. Yeah, I know him. He's cool. We like that guy. Um, Bo will be here in a very different role than you're used to. Uh, here as a guest of this season and not only that we have guests lined up for the whole season Mm, wonder what that'll all turn out to be you'll have to come back and find out and uh, starting with next week we'll have bo schwartz here guesting on delvers season two of there will be dungeons so watch for that that's gonna be awesome very excited uh i think it's gonna do it you guys are rad and how do i know that because a bunch of you support us over at there will be dungeons.com click on the link that says support us and boom you're a Dungeons Plus member. And that means you get all kinds of bonus stuff every month and uh, the satisfaction of knowing you're supporting your favorite D&D podcast. So head on over there and sign up today if you haven't. And if you already have, again, our deepest thanks for that. It means a lot. All right. Be back here next week when we come back with more. We'll pick up the ropes where we left them. Right here on There Will Be Dungeons. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com.